You know what it is. Be shy. Beach Out Familia, welcome to Beach Out Radio at Beach Out Radio on Twitter. Uh, today is June 14th, correct? Yep. 2016. And, and this is the 56th episode of Beach Out Radio. Uh, my name is Masai. I am JB, a.k.a. Dirty Moses, and uh, we started it off a little bit different tonight. Yep. And I like yeah, it. Yeah, we got uh, True on the decks, giving Word. us a little something different. Yep. And I'm DJ Nate the Great, by the way. Hi. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, we definitely started off different. It's a different uh, It's a different night, different vibe. So uh, we're going to talk about that in a second. Who else we have with us? DJ True Master. Peace, everybody. Yes. Save the whales. Um, and we're also joined, we're going to be joined by two guests. Uh, one is en route, but uh, one is here. And because, uh, for those of you who are familiar with B-Shot Radio, we make the guests introduce themselves because we're low budget. So if you could just uh, say your name and maybe like a really a brief spiel, a sentence or two about, about yourself, just to give the listeners some context sure um hello everyone my name is Deidre I currently work at the Pride Center of the Capital Region I'm the street outreach worker there um I'm also studying at UAlbany for my master's in women's gender and sexuality studies I got my bachelor's in women's studies as well because that's my life um outside of that obviously I'm so into activism um I try to show up wherever I can whenever I can for whoever I can so I can't say that there's a specific thing that's more important than another okay. thank you no that was, that like was really that. good um, we uh, we reached out to you specifically uh, to be on this episode because we're going to be talking about uh, the uh, massacre that happened in Orlando earlier this week and uh, because of the intersex- intersections that took place uh, with that shooting we wanted to make sure we had some, some more voices uh, present uh, particularly like the uh, queer aspect um, and uh, 
next week or the week after we're going to have uh, Maria Benbow on and she's going to discuss from the uh, Latinx uh, perspective about that so uh, for those wondering why we're, we may be missing some of the intersections we're, we're going to get to them uh, there's just a lot of voices and a lot of things to say and we want to uh, try and cover it in not a in a not a too rushed a, uh, a fashion uh, so I will start this episode by saying obviously trigger warning for anyone uh, that's uh, you know uh, sensitive to the material we're going to be discussing uh, which uh, shouldn't be too graphic but it's just it's heavy stuff so uh, keep that in mind uh, we are going to do some lighthearted stuff a little later on and one of those things uh, I'll throw out now so you guys can get a get a jump on it is a, a mystery drawer it's a little game we've done this we did this once with a uh, closet items but uh, I was cleaning out a drawer I had in my house and it was like the battery you know the drawer with the batteries and like the keys and just random yes. like, crap in there mm-hmm. uh, the tape measure yeah the tape and measure and deck of cards why? yeah why what, the, 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 <laughs> yeah the deck of cards <laughs> but the deck Damn. of cards is missing like all four. the rubber band <laughs> missing yeah. all the spades the rubber band <laughs> yeah. I got four yeah. decks of cards in that drawer man. four it's decks crazy. of cards yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I just want you to go to that drawer in your house I know you have one uh, and just find the most the, the most random item something that you really should have thrown out a while ago take a picture of it you could uh, picture of it tweet it to um, at Beatshot Radio use the hashtag mystery drawer I just want to see who has the uh, the weirdest item out there and uh, we'll we'll give you a I don't know uh, we'll give you a t-shirt if you come to the Beatshot uh, music festival oh, one of the old t-shirts like that, we, that we he can't said give away old t-shirt. yeah the old t-shirts that nobody buys <laughs> We'll give, you might yeah. like this. You get a, wow. you get a 2014 beat yeah. t-shirt. Throw that. I, I want that. <laughs> Actually, me too. I want a 2015 joint because yeah. I didn't get one. But um, Sarah Podber, she already chimed in. Oh, and, uh, she's like in her drawer. That's yeah, how she she's in her drawer. Yep. And she uh, put up a, a t- an old TV guide. Oh, really? How wow. old, How old are we talking? Well, it's not that old, but um, it has it has Pikachu on it. Oh, oh on come on, it has to be old. I didn't even know there's TV guides. I just go to my phone <laughs> when I want to know <laughs> what something is. <laughs> <laughs> like this TV guy It says December 9th, yep. 2015 Wow so It's not that old Damn, there's still ink Yo. <laughs> Okay It's uh, accessible Do you mm-hmm. have DJ, Do you have a uh, drawer A mystery drawer at home? Uh, I have plenty Oh, you have more, multiple ones Oh, I didn't even think of that I agree I am not an organized person So uh-huh. things just get thrown places Oh, okay Yeah, so I could find anything anywhere Cool Good. <laughs> Do you have True, uh, do you know what you're Do you have no, I I, you have every there. drawer in this house is organized, but there are probably three drawers in this house that have a bunch of stuff in them. But like <laughs> along here, like I know what's in all of these. Like yes, uh, excuse me. Sunday night was the vigil. Yeah, Sunday night. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I knew that. In that third to last bottom drawer, mm-hmm. I had a bunch of candles in case of an emergency. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So there was candles in there. I knew exactly to go there, grab the candles, and make a beeline to the vigil. Okay. You're super organized. I, right. When I was thinking of this, I was like, True probably doesn't even have a drawer. You probably have a, like a separate drawer just for organizing that drawer. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm glad to know you, you. your clutter is even organized. Yeah, that's yeah, good. yeah. But I do have a drawer in the studio that's kind of yeah. haywire. There's, there's um, Garbage Pail Kids yeah. uh, uh, baseball cards in it. Oh, okay. Uh, cards, um, light bulbs. There's, there's just <laughs> Mad strange. wires. Yeah. yeah. USB cable. The yeah. old, like, USB 1. That's what, USB cables. That's actually what I, I went and checked my drawer and the, the most the most random thing I found in it was, do you guys remember Firewire? Yeah. This was like the... Ah. the, the yeah, it was supposed to be better than... Yeah, it was better than USB 2.0 at the time, um, but I, I ordered some on Newegg. Remember the website where you... Yes, Newegg. Oh, yeah. So I ordered on Newegg and 
I only needed like five feet of this stuff, but the five foot one was the same price as the twenty five foot one. So I got twenty five foot of firewire cable, and then it became obsolete like the next day. And I can't throw it out because I just I got such a good deal on it. But <laughs> every moment I hold it, it becomes less and less valuable. Go to the junk scrapyard down by the port of Albany, uh-huh. and they'll put it on a scale for you and oh, give, give you like me. a quarter. Oh, okay, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. It's good to know. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, keep those coming in. It's at Beach Radio hashtag uh, Mystery Drawer. Um, uh, another thing is, uh, as we, we're going to get into this discussion now about uh, Orlando, uh, you can tweet questions to uh, any you know any of us or our resident expert expert uh, Deirdre. Uh, is it is Michelle or Mitchell? How's you say her? Michelle. Oh, okay. Deirdre Michelle. Am I saying that right? I feel like I missed Deirdre. Her. Deirdre. Okay, Michelle. Uh, and uh, <laughs> use the hashtag we will win uh, at Beach Out Radio if you have questions. Uh, I swear I'll get that name right before the end of the show. It's okay. Deirdre Michelle. Oh, Deirdre what? Michelle. You did it, right? Deirdre Michelle. It's a common mistake. Uh-huh. Um, Deirdre is Irish. Oh, okay. So a lot of people use Deirdre. I guess my family wanted to make me special. So oh, okay. Good they dropped the R. I thought, actually thought you were Irish, so that explains why I did that. So. Yeah. It's, a, it, <laughs> with the, it's with the, funny with the when you there. talk about like job applications uh-huh. and like your name. Mm-hmm. Most people assume that oh, I'm yeah. white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So listen, my my government is John Brown. Mm-hmm. I get it all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I walk in there, they're like, "Damn it." Yeah. Yep. <laughs> See, I lie on my resumes and stuff, or I'll just put my uh, first initial because my name's Masai, so it's a mm-hmm. dead giveaway. Uh-huh. So I just like M Andrews, or sometimes I'll even just oh, yeah. put like Mike Andrews, and then I'll just be like, "That's what I go by," or something. Because it's I just want to get in the door. <laughs> right. 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 I, do, I do that with landlords too because you. Get, I, I I've called landlords. And they'd be like, oh, the apartment's taken. And then my brother will call his name Jesse and they'd be like, yeah, come on down, take yeah, a look at n- it. Nobody wants, a, nobody wants a, uh, a a Kenyan tribal leader. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think they think I'm Muslim, though. Just the, the, the white oh. man. They have no idea. They just hear the M and the oh. S and they're like, oh, oh yeah. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, uh, talk about intersections. So, right. Uh, all right. So, uh, in case you've been uh, under a rock, there was another mass shooting. This one was in Florida, uh, in Orlando. It happened, I guess, technically, it was. The early hours of Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and uh, if you were like myself, most people I think woke up and just kind of uh, like it, it was the f- first thing on your newsfeed. You know, um, did is is that how you guys heard about it? I told the guy at my job about it yesterday. We were on our lunch walk, and I was like, "Yeah, I was at a vigil yesterday." He's like, "What happened?" And oh I and gosh. he just happened. He's one of these people that doesn't. Oh, he's not wow. on Facebook or social media, so I felt bad because I'm like telling him the worst news ever, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he's he, we, we ended up not going to get anything to eat, and he was like devastated. And I'm like, "Wow, bro." I almost envied that he was out of the loop like that. Right. Um, but is that how you, uh, how did you hear about it? Well, I have the CNN app okay. on my phone, yeah. so I get notifications. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the middle of the night, I actually got the notification and it woke me up. So I read it and I don't know, since then I've been in shock. It's, it's kind of like overwhelming, like consuming type of thing. Everything else, you know, seems to like stop once you once you try and try and process something like that. Yeah. Um, what about you guys? Did you just was it? The same I woke thing? up like around seven thirty, went to the bathroom, turned on the news real quick, and I saw it. I was like, "What?" I was like, "Tanisha, wake up! Look at this! Look at this! Will somebody come take a look at this?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, devastated. Was was that when the the count was like twenty? For a while, the count was twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and that I mean, it's devastating. Enough as that is and then just to see it more than double uh, I, I don't even know it didn't like progress slowly it was like 20 and the next thing I know they were saying 50 right. mm-hmm. and since since then they've run it back down to 49 but because um, I guess they were including the, the shooter but um, yeah I mean uh, 49 people killed 
and an additional 53 people injured. Wounded, injured, yeah. And like, many of those are in critical condition still. Yeah. Oh, oh really? I didn't, I didn't yeah, know. there's like 23 still in the hospital yep. right now. Mm. So hopefully that um, that death count doesn't go up anymore. But right. um, it's kind of touch and go. Um, I, I read some of the uh, text messages that were coming out of the the club oh uh, pulse to loved ones and like family members, mm-hmm. and uh, it just adds this extra layer of like realness, you know, to it. And just seeing people write these things to their to their parents and their partners, and just be like, I'm in here. I don't think I'm going to make it out. Right. They're coming. That type of thing. And it's uh, yeah. I know. It's it just it just makes it it's, it makes it even more real and and that much harder that much more difficult to, to process to process yeah. yeah yeah everything that i've watched and read has given me goosebumps man i've read something where they were saying the police were <clears throat> walking around and you know um, surveying the area and the bodies were still there and there was some cell phones and you could still hear the people the people's cell phones oh going off yeah with yeah, people trying I to read contact that same thing, them, yeah. and I'm like, whoa! Like that really effed me up. Yeah, yeah. imagine being in a you know room with like 50 bodies there, and then of course it didn't even occur to me, but like of course they'd all be ringing, and those you right. know while they're doing investigating the scene and still trying to get evidence and whatnot. Um, so just to, to kind of recap, and we, we mentioned a trigger warning earlier, but uh, I'm just going to kind of recap quickly what what happened as more and some more information has come out, so I, I feel like it's worth uh, covering. Uh, so around 2:02 a.m., this was at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando um, there were about 320 uh, people in attendance at what was called Latin Flavor Night so it was like a uh, Latin bachata um, themed night and uh, on the flyer there were uh, two I believe it was two trans women of color on the flyer so it was like geared towards that demographic there were a lot of um, people of color uh, at the event and uh, essentially what happened uh, was the, the the assailant he started shooting outside first and several people I guess tried to run out and get out of the club and the club even um, put a Facebook post up seven minutes later after he started shooting saying get out of the venue uh, about 200 people left but there were still a little over 100 people left in the club The uh, there were uh, two police officers who engaged with uh, the shooter at the time outside and he went inside and that's when it became like a hostage situation and uh, the, so there wasn't any police officer posing as security in the club not that he I know of outside. I didn't hear yeah I heard because that he what, was what outside and then went in and that's how he got what I heard was that there was a security guard he was a he was an off-duty police officer yep. and he was in the club mm-hmm. and as the guy went in he engaged him oh okay and what's the when you in your account was the officer still in there or was he killed he was or was in he, the club he, oh, but okay. he was shot I, it didn't say if he was killed or not I feel like we would have heard if, if, the, right. if an officer were killed but, but right. whatever happened was that he, he started outside and then went inside and it ended up being a, a, a hostage situation and that's where a lot of these text messages come from right. uh, people were like running in the bathrooms and they couldn't get out you know they couldn't get out um, of the uh, of the building and uh, what struck me as uh, really odd was like the amount of time it took now I mean I don't know anything about the tactical um, part of this but um, it was from so 2.02 it started and it wasn't until after 4 a.m. where they were saying that it was like like it was clear like the the suspect was down and that and that was it that's crazy um, and they the way they did it was uh, a little before 5 a.m. a SWAT SWAT team drove their uh, the, an armored car like through the the front door and 30 additional people who were still alive inside were able to come out people that hadn't been killed supposedly and, 
Uh, oh yeah, I, do you want to? Is this your your theory? Apparently, thing? I, some people were killed from right. them bum from rushing them in, and, and that's why that's why I feel the uh, the number from twenty to fifty jumped up yep. because that was all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like within seconds, they were reporting. 20 yeah. and then all of a sudden it's Jumped 50. Up to 50 yeah. Yep. yeah, it's you worth know. noting, you know, everything we're saying is just what we've heard from the media and if there's mm-hmm. anything that we know in here, especially in this room, uh, because we spend a lot of time in the media, is that they don't know what they're talking about. A lot of right. times, you know, they're just, they can't even get simple facts right from a press conference so mm-hmm. uh, when you're, you're dealing with this level of chaos we definitely take this with like 10 right. grains of salt. Like there's not, you know, none of this has been confirmed and and, and a lot of it is, is uh, liable to be covered up and like, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's so much... Um, um, uncertainty and um, like just dis- disingenuity like happening like people aren't always going to be honest about these things and if you're if you're a SWAT and you bust in to save people and you run over 10 people would you would you even add nope. that information into nope. the you know my my father was a police officer I, I think I told yeah. some of you guys this, this story but my pop, my pops was a cop when the plane went down out of JFK the one that was supposed to go to Paris and it crashed and um, they weren't releasing names because he he was on the scene. They weren't releasing names because sharks were actually in the water and they were killing people that were still alive. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, and that was not getting out to families and people. So, yes, Mm. we don't don't always get the whole story. He told us that, like, sat me and my sister down. He's like, Mm. I just need you guys to know something. Amazing. Wow. Uh, So, one thing that quickly came out was that uh, the nightclub uh, was a a gay nightclub. So... um, Immediately, that added like a, a, an, another level level to uh, what was happening. A lot of people immediately assumed that it was related to uh, Islam because that's kind of what what people jump to in this in this country whenever there's a shooting, whether or not it, it is somebody who's Islamic. And uh, we know that l- like less than four percent of the mass shootings that happen in this country are, are related to Islam in any way. But people started saying that, and um, then it started coming out that it was it was a gay club, and then it came out that it was like the Latin night thing. So a lot of the people were. Um, were uh, of you know Latinx people that, that were in there. Um, so one of the reasons that we wanted to have uh, Deidre on was what, when you first when you first heard about it and you heard that it impacted the um, that community in particular. Was the, did you have a different reaction to um, some of the uh, other mass shootings, which have kind of become like a regular thing uh, now? Was it or was it was it similar or how did, how did that imp- impact you? Um. I I can't say. I feel like this is um, the first mass shooting that has really, really hit home for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most of the times, I feel like a lot of the times being in New York, I feel very disconnected from a lot of things. Um, and I have to force myself to be in the know um, because, you know, a lot of the community doesn't get as excited because it's not here. Yeah. Um, but I think for a long, long time, we've been crying and advocating for the rights of queer people of color and the amount of violence and hate that this community faces. And when I heard of the shooting, I just I broke down because it's just like everything we've been saying thus far has just fallen on deaf ears Mm -hmm. and people are just pretending like this is something new we have people coming to the pride center saying like oh 
you know, now I really get it. Now I see that your your community is in danger. Your community should be afraid. And it's just amazing to me because it's just like we've been fighting this fight since way before Stonewall. Mm-hmm. And, and even within the movement, queer people of color have had to fight to have a voice even, even there. Mm-hmm. So it's just like... It's really, really hurting me. And even the people who are standing up and fighting for this are trying to erase the voices of Latino people. Mm-hmm. And they're really trying to, you know, make this a, a, a very vague understanding mm-hmm. and not really talking about the individual identities that are affected by this. Mm-hmm. The, the smaller but still large communities that are are really sitting here like again mm-hmm. once again it's numbing and that's how it felt mm-hmm. um we're joined by uh stephanie miller and i kind of actually wanted to ask you uh, the same question uh being part of the uh lgbt uh, community and see hearing this mass shooting uh, was it different for you than some of these other like san bernardino and even sandy hook uh did it did it resonate in a different way just because uh of the community that it impacted um, I think it did. Um, Sandy Hook certainly impacted me greatly because I work with children. So, um, you know, I remember being a wreck for quite a while trying to imagine these little children and teachers trying to protect them. And, you know, what, who, who could do such a heinous thing to such innocent life? Um, and then the uh, church in it South Carolina, yeah, South Carolina. yeah. Um, you know, that hit me in a different way because it's a church <laughs> and, um, you know, a I grew up space. in a Baptist, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I grew up in a Baptist church and, um, uh, which did a lot of things to me, not always good, mostly not good, but I could still picture these folks sitting there and this guy sitting am- amongst them for the longest time um, during their prayer circle or you know, Bible reading and then just open, you know, he, he just began shooting. And so that affected me, um, uh, you know, in a, in a really harsh way um, to just imagine, you know, these black folks who had opened their arms and opened their hearts to have this kind of odd white guy, you know, sitting there in their church for the longest time, you know, but they were willing to sit and listen to him and, and um, answer questions supposedly, and and yet, you know, he still managed to pull out a gun and, and, and murder them. Um, this, this past weekend was absolutely horrifying because, um, you know, as a, as a bisexual or as you put it, Les-leaning... Les-leaning liaison. <laughs> You're a Les-leaning liaison tonight. <laughs> um, a person, you know, I... I've certainly been through um, lots of trials and tribulations as a member of this community. I've been fired several times from several jobs for, you know, men thinking, oh, she must be a lesbian and she's out. Um, And so there's been a lot of painful episodes. I, you know, I lived through the worst of the AIDS epidemic. I watched hundreds and hundreds of of people die. Um, Lots of people of color. I was in the hospital all the time talking to these people. Um, And children as well. Uh, You know, and that was horrifying. And one of the things that has stood out um, to me is that um, we particularly with the AIDS crisis, you know, we operated in our own silos. 
um, I think I mentioned it the night of the vigil, um, Sunday night, but we were all in our own silos, so it was unusual for anybody to step up and help gay men. I mean, they were dying by the thousands. Um, Lesbians came to their aid, um, really stepped up in a big way to try to help put services in place and try to be there um, for gay men. Um, But few, few, I don't want to say no, but few others did step up. Um, It was a very lonely time, um, and that was extremely painful. So to see so many brothers and sisters um, just slaughtered this weekend. Um, And, you know, particularly people of color who were there, you know, I could only think they're there, you know, expressing their joy, they're having a wonderful time, and their lives are just snuffed out. So um, it, it totally rocked me, and my first thought was... You know, where can we get together? Mm. Where can we be with other people to to find solace and comfort? Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned uh, being around for the early uh, impact of the AIDS epi- epidemic and seeing uh, queer men, in particular, like just dying off in the you know hundreds and thousands. Um, and one of the layovers from that was the uh, laws preventing gay men from donating mm. uh, blood. Yes. And this has kind of come up uh, recently with with this incident because uh, those laws are still in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, two questions: uh, Do you think at the time seeing that many men dying it made sense to do this at all or do you think even then it was uh, it didn't make sense and do you think it's what is your opinion on it today it was very much a time of fear yeah um, people were terrified people would have you know I mean there were wings of the hospital completely basically roped off mm-hmm. from the gay men who were dying I mean nobody really wanted to have anything to do with them mm-hmm. it was um, it was all fear based it was you know um you know the nurses themselves and they would be they would have extra protection they were you know they took no chances and while i understood that they um you know not a lot was known about the disease at that point mm-hmm. um these were human beings because i remember going from room to room in albany med um and at st peter's mostly albany med mm-hmm. and and you know just seeing one friend after another in a in a dying state and so many other people the medical community was completely up in arms they didn't understand this so there was a lot of fear mongering that was happening at the time and so that law mm-hmm. came out of that lack of understanding of you know whether the blood was tainted and and um uh, you know how that could be transmitted because mm-hmm. they didn't they weren't for sh- they weren't sure how and do you think that them doing that was in was in any way like justifiable like we like we do that with other things like if you go to um certain parts of the world you can't give blood or whatever for a year or something like that do, 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 uh, do you think any of that made sense given the high rates at the time I think at the time I think again because there was so much hysteria and there was so much fear I could understand you know an initial reaction of let's wait till we have all the facts but of course that's never how it actually plays plays itself out it ends up being a law that has yet to be changed um, and then that becomes discriminatory so I think at the time it was a fear based thing but you know it's used as a mean to discriminate and uh, Deidre uh, kind of follow up on that and now 40 years later we're still doing this so what are your thoughts on that Um, I think that it's a shame Mm -hmm. Uh, it's obviously discriminatory and I don't think that it makes any type of sense Uh, 
how can we ban somebody from donating blood for possibly having an STI, but we're not providing any sort of sexual health education or any type of preventative methods um, to ensure that our communities are safe in the first place? Um, you're creating a stigma, you're stereotyping, and you're putting in other people's minds that HIV is just the gay man's disease, right. and that's not the reality of it at all. Obviously, when when AIDS was first discovered, that was the name of it, GRID. It was called the gay gay man's disease, pretty much. And that still stands today. People still feel that way and still think that way. Mm -hmm. And it's it's very sad and it's obviously damaging because it's not helping the rates yeah. it's not helping um, people become more safe because then you have that assumption then you think okay well I don't sleep with gay men so I'm fine mm-hmm. like or it's it's just you know I could go on forever but obviously I, I don't think that it's it's helping in any sort of way and obviously donating blood for some of these people might be a way for them coping with it and healing from what they experience and and make them feel like they're contributing something to their loved ones lives and you're taking that opportunity away from them for what thank you for that. i hadn't even considered that aspect the healing aspect true you had a it, it it's amazing how what you're saying sounds exactly like you know putting money towards police and not education. Oh, yeah. You know, how we always have those discussions. We put the, we put the yes. band-aids and we don't yeah. treat the root cause. Right, right, yes. right, right. Mm. Uh, you, uh, Deidre, you mentioned earlier um, that people have come up to you since Sunday uh, saying, wow, now I see that your your lives are in danger. And it, and it really reminded me of how after every incident of like police violence to Eric Garner's to Sandra Bland's, I, I'll have uh, uh, white accomplices come up and, or would-be accomplices say, you know, I didn't realize, but this case put me over. Uh, Walter Scott, that case, that now I, now I get it. Um, and it's always bittersweet because you want people to realize this, but it's just like, damn, bro, like where were you, you know, mm-hmm. you know, six months ago, six years ago, you know, 60 years ago. Um, so ha- uh, how does that um, how does that impact you when people come up? Are you like, uh, do, do you kind of go through the same thing? Are you glad that they're coming up? Or, or are you kind of just leery of it? Like, why didn't you, haven't you seen the rates of like trans women being killed and all these other things? How, how does that impact you when, when you hear that? Um, well, for me personally, as you had said before, I identify as a radical feminist. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a forgiving person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a little bit more critical when it comes to things like that. And I hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you want to wait till 50 people die mm-hmm. to step up, I'm not here for it. Mm-hmm. I want to see you continuously, you know, come to things, step up and show me in that way that this event has made you show up. I, I'd like you coming up to me and saying, Wow, this this has showed me that your community is really in danger. That's not gonna make me feel better. That's not gonna make me feel safer, or um, it's not gonna help me cope with the pain any better. Yeah. Um, it's just gonna make me realize that there's just that many more ignorant people that need events like this to wake up. Mm. And I I just I'm not here for it I'm not gonna We're not gonna keep Having martyrs From our communities Whether that's uh, Black Whether that's My queer identity Any identity That I carry I'm not gonna Continuously sit here And watch my people Be martyrs For you to Actually care Mm -hmm. You know uh, Yeah that I'm so glad you said that Because um, I think uh, A lot of accomplices And and allies They they think that Once they're like Woke or whatever Or they start to to Get awoken That 
they need to be accepted into communities like right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I include myself in this because you know, ten years ago, my interactions with or my awareness of like what was happening in the LGBT community was was pretty limited. Like my my aunt had had um, uh, got, had HIV, and I knew a little bit about it, but I didn't know anything about like what was going on with the trans community and everything. And I think uh, sometimes when people get privy to this stuff, they think it's going to be like open arms when really you just got to just realize people are going to be like, where the hell were you, you know, 20 years before that or 10 years right. before that? Like, why did it, why did it take so long? So uh, that's one thing I would encourage accomplices and allies to do. Don't just accept, don't, don't expect people to just be like, oh, thanks. You're on our team now. Like, no, it's, it, it's going to be work and you have to like put in that time and effort and just uh, be aware that there was, there was a period when you had no clue what was going on and you're, you were just as complicit in uh, the fact that it was, uh, that it was still happening. Right. And when you, when you are finally woke, do not take up spaces that are not meant for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, too many times, like just recently, I was at a small conference at Siena College, mm-hmm. and I decided to go to the uh, Race Relations Caucus. Um, it felt right. I wanted to talk with other people, people of color, mm-hmm. um, at a PWI. So I went, and there were like three white people who showed up who dominated the entire conversation with what we needed to be doing to make this movement better and to make people feel more comfortable being a part of it. And I just was so mind-blown because it's just like, once again, you are brainwashed by your privilege and you think that once you learn a few of the facts, you completely understand our experiences. And that's not the reality of it at all. When, uh, when you deal with intersections like this where you have, uh, in the LGBT community, where you have women and people who um, who are also women of color, uh, do you feel like they're, th- those well-meaning people, like, the, the, they, they see themselves as well-meaning, what do you think their role should be mainly? Should it just be silence and listen and support, or, or should they be trying to engage or speak at these things, or where do you see their role? Um, I think there's always space for allies to share, you know, their support. But when it comes to spaces where it's it's meant for a specific community to heal from something, mm-hmm. I think being there, showing up, your presence, and just listening is what's important. Okay. Uh, sometimes you're you're just being there is is enough. Um, but where I really expect allies to step up is amongst their own. You know, like as a white person, you should be calling other white people out for their bullshit. You shouldn't be expecting other people of color to always step up to the plate. You know, that's your role. Um, in in my opinion, um, that would be the most essential asset to this movement. You know, we are still healing. We are still dealing with stuff from the beginning of the inception of this country. Mm-hmm. Um, so where we need allies is to, to step in and educate other people who aren't at their level. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And even when uh, we reached out to Stephanie and, and you, uh, one thing I was thinking was, you know, I, I you know, I want to make sure this isn't just like I need you to come and tell us what the gays think, like or something like that. You know, not be like you, you're you don't owe us any explanation. But I, I really just, you know, we just want to hear your perspective and opinion. So, um, so again, thank you for for being here. No, I'm um, so happy to be here. Stephanie, you mentioned uh, when Sandy uh, Hook occurred, and we all had this like initial impact on mass shooting, and then you learn as kids, and and it's like your heart drops and your heart drops again. Um, I experienced that with this Sunday shooting uh, because 
and I don't know if I should feel bad about this, but first it was like, oh, they're you know they're LGBT, and my heart drops, and then I hear that they're mostly people of color, and I I got more upset, like I got sadder, and I don't know how to process that, like I don't know, but like did did that happen to anyone else? And uh, what what is what is that about? Is it just about relating to people, or just feeling like maybe the marginalized groups? It just hurts more when they're marginalized and more susceptible groups, like the children or or people who are already discriminated against. Did, did that happen to you? I guess the, the question is, did that happen to you as you hurt, got to the layers of it and saw how much it... It did. And it I, I do think it has... Um, you know, when you, we heard first 20 people and in a in a nightclub, mm-hmm. and then as it more and more came out, um, yeah, my heart started to tumble, mm-hmm. literally, you know, down the stairs, layer by layer by layer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trying to picture what that hell must have been like and how these people were, you know, the fear that these people experienced. And I mean, it was just unimaginable pain. And and it also, I think what it does is it brings you to thoughts of, and we've heard this from a number of the folks who have survived, that could have been me, that, um, or, you know, folks saying, I was supposed to be there that night. It could have been me. And I've heard that repeatedly. Real quick, I just want to interject, like, we've all frequented gay clubs before you know and we're we're cisgender or heterosexual however you want to classify it and it could have been one of us absolutely so it's absolutely. it's tough processing it and yes my heart dropped like three or four times mm-hmm. once I heard the 20 then I heard it was Latin night then I seen that it was more people of color then it was 50 and then hearing about those cell phones as the cops were walking through all of that all of that really broke my heart yeah it's definitely ahead, just no absolutely. I just had to get that out totally um, you know as I said it was just it was one hit right after the other and you know the, the sucker punch completely um, to feel I I could imagine I remember being in the nightclubs okay I'm a little old for that now but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know going to the clubs frequently and dancing and you know you're there for joy you're there to be around people so that you can feel more comfortable you want to mm, be able to right. truly be yourself right and so you know where you're celebrating I mean these are a lot of young people um, you know most seemingly under 25 right. and um, you know their, their lives ahead of them I can imagine the joy and the the wild you know the dancing and everything and the music and you know to have those lives snuffed out yes that could have been any of us mm. and then again to hear um, that it was Latin night and so it was a majority of um, Latino folks you know African American folks doubly you know it was it, that was a double kick um in the belly because it's you know you yeah, can totally why does this never relate? happen on like KKK night or white supremacist <laughs> night at the club like why does it never because the police I miss those them. nights oh, good answer yeah always I don't think I want to go to those nights right? no. <laughs> uh, Mark Lamont Hill tweeted out today that some of the phone calls that the parents got that their child was killed was also the first phone call where they learned their child was gay because so I I hadn't even crossed my mind I want to talk about uh, the, the homophobia that occurs that even makes something like that happen how these people are having this lifestyle and they have to hide it from their own parents and also um, what it means to have something like this happen in a, a gay club where gay clubs have been 
are seen as safe spaces, some of the only space safe spaces uh, for the LGBT community. Um, so those two things, uh, the homopho- homophobia, making it so that they have to be, you know, uh, even keep this from their parents, and also what it means to you that it happened at a gay club. Are there any safe spaces? Is that is that the takeaway from this? Are there safe spaces? Um, well, speaking to the homophobia aspect, um, I feel like that's, it's very, um, sensitive when it comes to queer people of color. Mm. Uh, when you are a person of color, a lot of times our communities hold tight to religion, um, due to a lot of things historically. Um, so I think it's even harder, um, for people of color to then tell their parents that they're uh, anywhere along the spectrum um, because a lot of families feel like you're already black. Mm. And to add that layer on is just too much for them. Mm. Or some families just don't even understand it. And they watch the media and they see what what the media says about the queer community. And they just hold on to that. Mm. And that's all they know. So then when their child tells them that they are that, they don't know what the hell to think. So they just react. And so... These spaces for for I'm speaking specifically for queer people of color. It's it's so much more. Um, but I mean, oftentimes, and then speaking to Latinite, it's just like a lot of times these LGBT spaces are completely exclusive to queer people of color. Mm-hmm. So to know that this happened on that one night, yeah. that one night where queer people of color were centered, were highlighted and celebrated, mm. it's just like. This is the world we live in. Um, are there safe spaces? Uh, very few, but uh, in our own voices, the Pride Center, mm-hmm. they were created as safe spaces for people hiding from hate crimes, from violence. The Pride Center was created, and and if you've ever been there, you'll see it's in a residential area. Mm-hmm. Um, it was opened in an apartment because they couldn't be openly gay. Mm-hmm. And now, three years ago, they were able to put a sign outside the door that's these are the few spaces that we have left and and even there we're still worried whether or not somebody will walk through the door and we open up our arms to them as a community member and then find out that they're there to harm us Mm. you you never know uh, Steph, did you want to add anything about the safe spaces? Yeah, I think um, having been someone, and I, I think True probably knows this story, but having been basically excommunicated from my own family um, when my dad got really nosy and went through my stuff when I was a freshman in college, went through my bags and found love letters from women, um, and then he gave me the choice. Do you... You either stay here, you stay home in Connecticut because you're sick, you're ill, there's something wrong with you, we will get you the help or the treatment that you need, Um, or you're out of the family. So stay here, you can go to college here locally while you get treatment for Mm. what's wrong with you. and that was my ultimatum and I, I got up the next morning before they were all up at 5 o'clock and hitchhiked out of Connecticut and came back up here wow. to New York and, and I never I didn't let them know where I was because I felt like you know in turn I'm going to slap you back because mm. you've basically disowned me mm-hmm. um, and I, I so I know something about safe spaces and, and feeling completely lost 
Um, and, and uh, you know, even here, it's taken a long time for those two safe spaces to yep. even be available. So when I was first here, I don't want to say how long ago, but um, <laughs> there weren't any safe spaces. Um, there, you know, we didn't have people to talk to. You, you had to figure it out yourself. Um, and I also wanted to mention, because this struck me as you asked the question, Masai, that mm-hmm. today, um, you guys know that I work with children. Um, I run youth programs at the State Museum for Albany City Kids. So um, just today, one of my educators came to me and said, we have a couple of kids, both Catholic, Latina girls who said in in program today, um, one of the boys said something about gay and the two girls hushed him and said shh, that's a bad word that's a bad word, we're not gonna you can't say that word as if that was Mm -hmm. some sort of a swear word Mm -hmm. so it's something that and again, these are church going folks Catholic folks um, you know, from the Latino community this is how they were raised this is how they raised their children and yet, you know, I feel an obligation those of us who've worked with children feel an obligation to at least try to educate them about, no, this is not a bad word. This is a word that has been, you know, some people make it a bad word, but that is not what this is all That's, about. When you, when you described that, it sounded like some partial education going, like, we can't say gay anymore. It's a bad word. But they, they, the conversation needed to go deeper and explain you can't refer things negatively as being gay, that mm-hmm. type of thing. So they stopped short of, of finishing that. Yep. Um, before we talk about mass shootings, uh, Nate and JB, I didn't know. I just want to know if you had any questions. If we maybe had any questions on Twitter, uh, you can tweet us. Uh, I forgot what the hashtag. Oh, the hashtag is we will win. If anyone has any questions for our, our guests uh, about this, uh, send them to us. And I don't know if you guys have anything. Uh, I'm in listening mode right now. Okay. So that's a good uh, accomplice. That's what a good. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be a good ally. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Cool. I'm stepping down. Okay. He didn't even bring White Devil's stepping Advocate. Back, with him. Nah, down. I didn't even hook White Devil's Advocate up. He needs to take a back seat. For appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> maybe, we should, maybe we should make a straight Devil's Advocate for like next. Let's <laughs> 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 not. Uh, okay. So also Sunday across the country, uh, on the other side of the country in LA, uh, speaking of safe spaces, the LA Pride Festival is happening. And uh, authorities stopped another individual who was apparently uh, strapped to the hilt with uh, weapons, ammunition, and explosive-making material in his car. Um, and uh, the chief over there uh, said that he was a 20-year-old man from where did I put it? Uh, I think he was from Indiana. And they found him in Santa Monica. And uh, they don't know. They're saying they don't know what his intentions were. But I think it's pretty clear to everybody who uh, uh, you know is, is even slightly conscious what was what he had planned. Mm. Um, that was the reason I, I questioned like are there you know is safe spaces even a thing anymore and as we uh, as uh, is this another risk alright so as these as these places become more public and as JB said we, we've we're welcomed into these places sometimes right. you know uh, and we know where they are whereas before they were kind of on the low you yeah, know they were hidden so <laughs> this is like kind of a a side effect of as this becomes as like the LGBT um, QI community becomes more comes more out and and their spots aren't all secret and like you know speakeasy type things now these places become targets mm-hmm. the, in the same way that like Planned Parenthood has become a target you yeah. know um, so this is a, a side effect that I've, I had never crossed my mind but now I'm thinking damn I was at Pride last week I was at Black and Latino Pride the week before that and it's like these are now targets and we're all like oh we're hanging out everyone's happy and food and everything but we don't know now now we're at, now that it's out in the open wow like I, I don't even know how you like I don't know is like do you, you want 
to move forward with that or is it like do do there need to be secondary spaces that are just off the grid and cishet people aren't even don't even know about it or oh wait they exist don't don't say it if they do no. <laughs> like speakeasies right? they, the they speakeasy, should be yeah. like uh, speakeasies and stuff because yeah. you know we could have been at a old bar or something doing karaoke and this happened you yeah. know what I'm saying yeah yeah, so what, it, now it's these spaces are out in the open, and now and now that we've already had one a major one, mm-hmm. and it's Pride Month, like there's going to be festivals throughout the month and throughout yep. the year. Um, now, the same way, whenever I hear about a marathon in Boston, I'm thinking, hope nobody shoots it up this year. Right. Mm-hmm. This is now extra baggage you got to bring with you uh, to <laughs> to Pride festivals. Um, I don't know it's just a scary thought, and I I would you know I I was at like I said I was at both the Pride. Were you guys at at both the Pride events the, the last couple Pride events that have been going on yeah um, well since I work at the Pride Center oh, I was to, yeah. of course there on Saturday <laughs> yeah. um, but I was also at Black and Latino Pride yeah okay mm-hmm. um, the, you, so you work at the Pride Center are you with Inner Own Voices too or just uh, no I just work at the Pride just Center the Pride. but obviously we do collaborative okay. events with um, there uh, there are people that I spoke to even even at the vigil was it yesterday mm-hmm. uh, that that have said it was actually the day before it was the Sunday vigil that say the Pride Center has been problematic in the past and they're trying to like become less problematic and that's one of the reasons that uh, Black Lives Matter upstate New York had a vigil that specifically focused on um, on uh, people of color queer people of color mm-hmm. um, now we had reached out to Inner Own Voices before organizing that vigil and this was it seemed to be before you know, our voices had even got onto the the Pride Center vigil that was yesterday because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they said we were thinking about doing something Monday. So we're like, we're just going to have a vigil, and you know, we know Pride Center is going to do it up big, and we want to just make sure there's spaces for everybody. Yeah. Um. So, it, have you seen uh in your time at Pride Center, have you seen it become more inclusive and more uh, intersectional with their approach? Uh, I definitely have to say yes. Um, when I was hired, um. They immediately were grateful for the insight that I was bringing to the table. Uh, Since then, we've been trying to convene and discuss how we can do better to repair the damage that has already been done. So they know people out here say this about the price. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. That is no secret. Uh, We all know that In Our Own Voices was created because of the discrimination of the Pride Center in the past. Um, So, yes, we are definitely definitely trying to step it up and I'm definitely pushing other staff members to step it up but I really don't have to because honestly I have to say that finally there is a staff that gets it mm-hmm. um, and they are ready to do the work that needs to be done to make this right nice. um, so I am proud to say that and um, even yesterday at the vigil for the Pride Center and in our voices um they were very mindful about the words and the language that was being used. They made several comments about Islamophobia. Um, unfortunately, politicians had to be there. Um, but that was another reason BLM wanted to have one. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Trust me. Um, and then you know they when we had a speak out at the end, um, a lot of white people came up to speak, and my coworker made it a point. To go up there and ask that people of color were given the space mm. to speak before them. Mm. Um, of course, one person may have had a little problem with that, but other than that, it seemed like wow. it went over well. So thrilled to hear that. Yeah, yeah, that was actually 
that spoke to me greatly. There was a, it was like a big collective. Thank God mm-hmm. that she stepped up to do that. Oh, he he uses he him pronouns. Okay, sorry. No, it's okay. I, I was far away <laughs> too, but you know we were all just so grateful that somebody had the foresight to be able to say, hey, you know, let's let the folks of color because so many people of color, again, Latin night, their lives were lost. I, that that was. It was yeah. just a collective thank God that that happened. Um, and, you know, and in fact, you know, to, to go back a little bit, you know, it's one of the reasons why for so many years I had nothing to do with the Pride Center mm-hmm. because it was, it seemed very segregated, um, you know, very old school lesbians yeah for the most part you know running it and um it just was not inclusive and um you know i, w- I went there maybe twice ever mm-hmm. and just felt completely out of place because it wasn't all white oh yeah you know, that sounds weird but and don't get me wrong all. it is still a very white dominated yeah, space exactly um because there is still work to be done and because you know well one it's not an inaccessible location and mm. they're very aware of that yeah. um where is it it is on Hudson Avenue right off of Lark Street. Okay. Yeah, so it's in that like brownstone yep. area. Yep. So um, it's not very accessible for everyone and a lot of people still have it in their minds that it's not a welcoming space for people of color. Um, our executive director now identifies as biracial. Um, so it's really important to him that we really do the work that needs to get done. So nice. um, I'm happy to hear you say that and to hear that from a community member other than a staff member so yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely whatever things are things are changing slowly I, you know I see more young people stepping up more young people of color um, stepping up to make those changes because it was rock solid for so long oh, it yeah. was so difficult to, to, to get any kind of inclusive feeling going there mm-hmm. um, and I just I never felt comfortable there and I know I had some other friends well certainly none of my black or Latino friends Mm-hmm. We're going to participate in that, and at that time, there was no in our own voices. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it felt definitely extremely isolating. So mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I'm glad things are are changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of the pride events there's the there's a black and Latino one, and then the more general pride event. Um, my my partner works at the uh, was it the AIDS Council, which is now the Center for Positive Alliance Health. Oh, for Alliance positive for Positive Health. health. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, she had to work at both events, and I I like mentioned to her just like in passing, like oh like is I'm going. Uh, you know, I'll stop by Black and Latino Pride, and then next week I'll go to White Pride. She's like, "Don't call it White Pride." Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I you can call it that. It wasn't, even, it wasn't even a joke. I'm like, I just did it like unintentionally. I was like, "Oh, that's actually kind of fitting." Um, but do you? Uh, so they split it up. And one thing I noticed, just being involved with beat shot and shows and promotion and everything, I felt like the Black and Latino one wasn't promoted well at all. Like, oh. I, I love the the graphic they had going on, and I love the the artist uh, the artist that rock. I got a few CDs and stuff, but I was just thinking, why weren't these flyers out there they made the Facebook event the day before and I'm just like this is a really poorly organized event uh, in terms of promotion but then when I got there I'm like I, I wish the park was filled with people because this is really dope yeah what what happened and how can we f- help that like what <laughs> uh, well it yeah I mean even at Pride on Saturday like I, I turned to my coworkers I was like it's pouring rain out here and we have more people than black and Latino yeah. Pride and that makes absolutely no sense that's crazy um, yeah right but uh, well one 
A lot of community members, that is queer people of color and people who are not POC, um, feel like black and Latino pride is unnecessary. Mm. They say that it's it causes segregation within the community because whenever people of color do something for themselves, it's segregation. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, if you look at the sponsorships, just hold up the flyers for Capital Pride versus mm-hmm. Black and Latino Pride and look at the sponsorships yep. and you'll see why <laughs> more people show up to, to one more than the other. Big um, liquor oh. labels, big um, supermarkets, you know, mm-hmm. will definitely sponsor Capital Pride, but you don't see these same companies showing up for Black and Latino Pride mm. because it's about you know which one will get their name out there more okay um it's not about actually supporting these company uh, these communities and supporting the people you know they want the image okay. which is unfortunate and uh sorry to the pride center if i'm getting myself in trouble right now <laughs> but <laughs> you know you're holding them accountable that's right <laughs> right um but i i feel like also at the same time i don't see the community showing up to promote mm-hmm. black and latino pride the way I see the community show up to promote Capital Pride. White Pride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say something else, but I, I might really get myself a True. Note to self, next, next year let's make it a point to get someone from uh, Interim Voices on, especially before you know that because it I, I didn't even know about it because the promo was so bad and I had a partner working there so like w- now that you know we'll, we'll get the date and we'll have someone come on because we can promote I mean that's we what we do we absolutely can that's yeah. what we do <laughs> and to be honest with you um, you know it was it was you know Saturday was Pride yeah. and I mean after Adi's album release party yeah. we had a huge influx of people from the old bar mm. Savoy was rocking at heard, yeah. the Savoy <laughs> Dancing and jamming from every you know from every walk of life. Yeah, it was beautiful, and we went until two o'clock. I like I was tired of playing music. Wow, (laughs) like that's how I've never seen that. Yeah, I've never seen that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you you were there. Y'all were there. Yo, true. He was killing killing it. it. And everybody, I'm telling you, everybody was there. Um, You, I mean, like. The old boy was like, I don't know what's going on over here, <laughs> yeah. but what's happening over here is on point, <laughs> and it was just a beautiful night. So yeah, I mean, of course. Okay, yeah, that's uh, definitely gonna make that a priority, and uh, we we'll maybe reach out to them and see how we can assist because it was such a good event, and I just yeah. really wish people had known about it. Uh, by the time even uh, we never we, BLM Upstate New York, no one really reached out, and we did a little promo for them online, but it was it was just difficult. But it was a great event. I don't want like take away from it, and I think it's super important to have those events. I just want more people to show up. Where was it held? Yeah. It was right in the park. It was in Washington Both of them were in, in the park? Yeah, yeah, because you know the, what is it called? I'm not from... The dog park. No, the the landing place that they usually do. Oh, Jennings, Jennings Landing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, that, they're it's doing construction. construction over right. there. So they, they, yeah. But the park was perfect. It was great, yeah. I, th- I think it was right a beautiful location. It was accessible for a lot of people, so... Yeah, it's right where I they did the Juneteenth. Oh, you you know, you were there. Yeah, you were Juneteenth, at the, yep. yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, a lot of times with organizations like this, they are under 
understaffed and overworked. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to think of the little things like we should be reaching out to these local stations yeah. to promote our event when you're worrying about like a million and one yeah. other things at the same time. So I, I will give them that mm-hmm. for what they have and what they did put out. Oh my gosh. Like for that, for a small staff to put out not only Black and Latino Pride, mm-hmm. but the entire month of events. Oh, yeah. You know, I, you got to give them big ups for that. So I think that from now on, it's more of like people outside mm-hmm. stepping up to the plate, you know, making sure we keep this on our calendars, mm-hmm. making sure that we show up to their doors and say, like, what can we do? How can we help? You know, we, so. We get all we need a stilling code to come down with like whiskey shots or something. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I think it's also good to get the colleges, uh, get the, you know, hit organizations of color on the campuses. Yeah. Even though it's it happens right after graduation. School is out, yeah. But still, you know, a lot of students do stay in the area if, you know, even if they get their promo stuff earlier um, because I know I've heard from students who say, you know, that it, it's kind of like an uptown, downtown thing and they don't come mm-hmm. down and participate in these events or they don't know about them. So, yeah. um, you know, I think some of those folks would be more inclined to. And a lot of them, their leases are up in August. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, sure. So they're still hanging around. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're Before we get into the first block of music, which we will do in like five minutes, uh, I wanted to speak more generally about uh, just mass shootings, uh, some interesting information that uh, I stumbled across earlier. Uh, when we say mass su- mass shooting in the United States generally means a, a shooting where uh, four or more people are uh, injured or, or dead at the scene. And um, there's this idea that mass shootings are on the on the rise or like on the increase in the United States. Um, some people disagree with that. Uh, James Allen Fox, he's a criminologist from Northeastern uh, University along with a team of researchers uh, have conducted research and sh- showed that the number of uh, mass shootings has roughly held the same over uh, recent decades, but two things have changed. Um, one being that now when mass shootings happen, um, there's a lot more media coverage, so more people know about it. Um, so when these larger mass shootings occur, uh, they can dominate the news cycle, whereas if uh, there's a domestic incident where uh, an uncle and a brother and a, and a wife get shot, it wouldn't necessarily hit the news, and, and it, even though that still technically counts as a mass shooting. Um, the other thing that has changed is the number of people dying in these mass shootings is more. Um, and that's largely attributed, they, they suspect, just because weaponry has changed so much. Um, so whereas before we'd have still have the same number of mass shootings a year uh, with four or more people getting killed, now we're having these mass shootings where we're having 40 or more people getting killed and like 20. You know, 20 and so even though the number of mass shootings uh, has remained pretty consistent, the body count has gone up, uh, largely because of weaponry and awareness about it has gone up. Um, the first one I think I remember was Columbine or something. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. probably it. Yeah. yeah. Where it was like, oh, is this a thing now? And then it seemed like you're hearing more and more about them. I think the news, when when we have a mass shooting, a large mass shooting, it seems like every small mass shooting that happens in the immediate, you know, aftermath is now a, a news story. Whereas before, it necessar- it wouldn't necessarily be. Yeah. So I saw that today there was like some some shootout in a Walmart in Texas. I feel like there's a shootout in Walmart in Texas every day. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I just suspect that this was on the news because they're like, oh, people are in this mode. You know, like let's ramp up that fear. It's um, heat. Yeah, right? 
<laughs> so, uh, so it's it's uh, just something to keep in mind. Just uh, something a little tidbit about uh, mass shootings uh, that I stumbled across. Um, so, what do you say, Nate? You want to do a um, or is Truesman? True, True's hopping on the wheels tonight. Oh, okay, yeah, he's um, got a special set. I'll stall them while he's while he's. Oh, is he down there? Yeah, oh, there he is. You ready, True? All right, so let's do it. We're gonna go in the first block of music. When we come back, uh, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna try and not get in trouble, but we're gonna do super gay trivia, <laughs> uh, yeah. which hopefully will will be entertaining and change the mood a little bit. You can keep tweeting us at Beach Chat Radio if you have questions uh, for Deidre, Michelle, or um, Steph, Stephanie Miller. Uh, the hashtag for that is We Will Win, and we're gonna when we come back we'll do shout outs and also look into your mystery drawers because some people have been tweeting uh, things that they have in their uh, cluttered uh. drawers in their house. So if you are, are listening, uh, go to your cluttered drawer where you keep keys and batteries and, and random wires and, and send us a picture of the weirdest thing that you have hashtag mystery drawer alright keep it locked
kumba kimbamba Kimbara kumbara kumba kimbamba Kimbara kumbara kumba kimbamba Y lo que dejas atrás 
melancolía Y cada noche junto a la luna sigue el guajiro entonando el sol Y cada calle que va a mi pueblo tiene quejido, tiene un lamento Tiene nostalgia como su voz Esa canción que sigue entonando Corre la sangre y sigue llegando Con más fuerza el corazón Bicha Familia, welcome back to Beach Eye Radio. Uh, once again, at Beach Eye Radio on Twitter, uh, we are joined tonight uh, by Stephanie Miller from the uh, New York State Museum. I'm not calling it the library anymore. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, about the Washington Avenue branch? Yeah, Washington Avenue branch. Just making sure, man. Uh, for those, uh, we have a podcast, and Stephanie was on uh, previously, and if you're interested in the museum, and I forget what the topic was, but it was really interesting. So, uh, Education. Education, right? That's what our, it was. Yeah, our, our students in the city. Yeah. That's right. Oh, and uh, Acacia was on. We, we talked about uh, empowering youth. Uh, yeah. So if you are not subscribed to our podcast, shame on you. Uh, we're on Google Play, iTunes, um, FM players, what I've, what I've been using lately. Um, so go subscribe. And if you're on iTunes, give us a 
five star rating because it strokes our egos. And uh, yeah. you can donate. You can give us money too. <laughs> oh yeah, you can, oh, really? us, you can give us money, or you can go to beachatmusic.com and just buy tickets for the Beach Hat Music Festival. So we, hey, don't, we okay. don't really we don't sell a lot of stuff on this show, and uh, we we really don't need anything because our sponsor gives us whiskey. Shout no. out to Albany Distilling, Albany Distilling Company. Hook yeah. us up. Plus, <laughs> plus our, our our plug from Canada with the black bag. Yeah, yeah with the black bag Doritos. Bag. So we're good. Yeah, we're not, we don't need anything. Yeah, our sponsors good. keep us drunk. Yeah. Yes. So All the right. show is Pick set. Up. But if you want to support Beach Shot, um, go to BeachShotMusic.com. The Beach Shot Music Festival is coming up. It's July 7th, 8th, and 9th. Uh, tickets and shirts went for, went on sale yesterday. And we're going to have uh, a full release of the artists that are performing. Uh, it's always a good time. This is our eighth year. Uh, we have a lot of big things in, planned in the store. This year, we're working with um, Iron Bar Collective. We're going to have a, a, a repeat of the uh, Beatbox Orchestra and Battle that they did uh, in pre- last year. And uh, the year dope. before, too. Right? It has yep. been two years, two right? Years. And this year, we're teaming with Nitty Gritty. And we're going to have a day of uh, Poetry Slam, too. Uh, oh, there's going to be some, some videos shown, some visual arts. Um, it, it's going to be a wild time. preview my movie. Finally. This movie you've been talking what? about? I've been talking about it for like a year and a J- half. JB's adult film will be shown. Yes, yes, ah. yes. Tanisha's in it, too. So it's going <laughs> to okay. be live. It's going to be live. Real so, uh, so you know it's an adult film. <laughs> yeah. So it's time for that. Uh, it's beach that time again. Request the days off from work. I'm not kidding. Like, people do this. It's just a long time. Last, uh, was it, two years ago, I hosted, and I didn't have a voice for, for Probably half a week, so it's sure. worth just taking Thursday, Friday off. Probably that Monday too, if you if you it takes you a while to recover. Um, <laughs> it's a good time, and it's uh, we we, were, we we try to make it a safe space, and we expect it. We've never really had an issue. It's always like inclusive and open, mm-hmm. and uh, we want our security guards like standing around, like, playing out. with their phones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, the phone charging station from last year, which was a huge hit, will be back. So we're going to do yep. that again, and I have big and plans to, to make it bigger. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, when you when you purchase the uh, the three day pass you get priority access to the phone charging station so if you come over and I have somebody's iPhone plugged in and you're like yo I bought the VIP package I'm unplugging their joint and plugging in your phone oh even, my God. Really, even, if, even if it's the, Sam, the Samsung Galaxy yeah, Edge no matter. 7 it's priority Damn, access yeah. even if it's your cousins even if cousins I don't care if you're performing if you didn't get the VIP package it's, it's priority what if you the headliner <laughs> for one of the I don't care I don't care damn fam unplug that's it yeah uh, so again, Wait, what's, what's, what if you're in a wheelchair? Oh, I don't know. Now you're mm-hmm. they're adding intersections to my phone charging <laughs> station. <Yeah. laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. You have to come to uh, to haggle with me about that. Um, uh, and the hollow is wheelchair accessible. So uh, we are. Oh, another thing I wanted to mention uh, the. Uh, Amani from Beach Out Music has a song called Black Power Shuffle. The video is coming out in a few days, but we've been voting for her to have her song played on Hot 99.1. So if you go to Hot 99, wait, hot991.com and click on Next Hot Picks, scroll down, you look for uh, Amani's Black Power Shuffle, vote for it. And you can vote multiple times. I voted like 80 times today uh, at work. So, uh, so, so do that. So once again, go to hot991.com, click on Next Hot Picks and just scroll down, look for Amani's Black Power Shuffle video coming really soon. Soon. Got Word. me. I vote, only voted 10. I got to get moving. Only 10? <laughs> uh, what do we got, JB? We got some shout outs, man. Let's do shout outs. Yeah, let me find them first because it was mad people on the check in like usual. Oh, dope. And uh, first off, I want to say shout out to Mrs. B because she uh, just tweeted a photo, hashtag mystery draw, and she got like. Damn. Nate, you see that? 
like, what the hell's going what's on? What's in the mystery drawer? drawer? Hey, what's in the drawer? There's a knife. There's some cords. That knife is bigger than the knife I have in my car to cut my seatbelt off of me. <laughs> there's a. There's Why do you always bring that up? <laughs> there's, there's a Batman. Uh, what a batarang! Like it's mad stuff. Yo, here. that knife is straight like oh military grade, man. There's, t- That's there's crazy. tickets from Regal Cinemas. Like it's master <laughs> buttons. It's mad stuff in there. Nice. Good wow. Shout out to Mrs. Yo, B. she got a, a bait. Yo, she got a float. Like you know, you go fishing oh, and the fishing things. The, the, oh, the yeah, floats. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, the float, the bopper. Yeah, the, the red. It's Throw like that a circle. Out. She's never fishing. Throw that out. Yo, what are you doing, Mrs. That's B? crazy. Word, word. Shout out to Tanisha on the check-in. Cleanna on the check-in. Amani O, Melissa Fleck, Al, Mari Kush, Chairman Taisha Brown. Nobody's name is Chairman. Chairman Taisha Brown. Oh, that's a full. Oh, Stop okay. playing. Put, put, some, put, some, put some respect, respect exactly. on her name. Respect on her name. <laughs> I'm going to look this up. For real. Alice Moses. Sarah Podber. Happy birthday, Sarah Podber. Yes, happy birthday. Uh, Rosa Clemente on the check in. Alaska on the check in. You said that so casually. Rosa, the Rosa Clemente is on the check in. 2008 vice presidential candidate uh, Rosa Clemente Rosa on the check in. Put some respect on her name. All right, I got to put respect <laughs> put on her respect name. Respect on it. Alaska on the check-in. Yeah. Albany Frequencies on the check-in. And Albany Distilling Company. Nice. Shout out to Albany Distilling Co. Our, yeah. one, our one and only needed sponsor. Yeah. That's, all, that's all we need. That's all we need. <laughs> Unless Doritos is listening. In which case, holla at your boy. Oh, stop. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We just, got, we just got another mystery draw in here. Who, um, what's in it? What's in it? Amani. And I see like little change purses. Um, sunglasses, business cards. Um, I'm gonna click on this so I can see that? it. So I can. Is that electrical tape? What's I don't that? know. That could be duct tape, fam. She got duct yeah. tape in her. Yeah, she got little. She got little love notes, mints. <laughs> she got like a flyer or a brochure or something. It's mad stuff in there. She got a floppy know. disk. Is that a floppy disk? <laughs> Throw that out. Nah, but it has a name on it. Can I put somebody's name on there? Like, <laughs> put her on blast. Somebody send us your secret sex drawer. No, Twitter. don't do that. Secret Don't, sex nope. Stuff. No. Happy Chat Radio. <laughs> has, no. Hashtag mystery drawer. No. <laughs> Don't do that. All right. So um, once again, we're joined by uh, Deidre Michelle and uh, Stephanie Miller. We've yeah. been talking a lot about um, the, the pulse shooting that happened in or- Orlando. Uh, it's been an intense week. It's just like heavy stuff happening. And there's there's so much going on in, in, in the country right now uh, with the... It's not a coincidence that this happened, basically. We have... What's going on with Trump and like yep. you know uh, the the Black Lives Matter movement and we're still involved uh, overseas in war and there's like rampant patriarchy, uh, misogyny, white supremacy, like all these things are culminating. And I think that uh, what happened in Florida, the the le- the levels to it is a reflection of all the layers of oppression that are kind of occurring in the country right now. Um, so I'm a little uh, like concerned about like where where the next step goes because as people were kind of saying. This is the biggest uh, mass shooting we've had in contemporary history. Um, the, you're always thinking, oh, like, when will the next one, like, top that? You know, like, wh- where will it go from here? And I'm um, sure there's someone sitting at home right like now plotting, plotting. Like how to do it. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're going to hit the mall next. Yeah. Um, and, and the amount of uh, 
I, I have a friend at work who's really into uh, firearms, and he was te- he was telling me kind of the mechanisms of the AR-15, like in in actually frightening detail. But I'm glad we're friends because if he comes to work and just yeah. <laughs> loses it one day, I feel like we're we're cool. Um, but he was just like, <laughs> but he was just like impressed by how fast the guy had to have been reloading because I guess he went through almost a thousand rounds, which is kind of unheard of uh, when you're in a firefight. And the guy was in a firefight. That's uh, why it doesn't add up. That's why it doesn't add up. Yeah. And according to the media, he was in a firefight with nine uh, officers, officers for like an hour. That doesn't add and up. And they're bro. just like, he, they were saying like he had to have been carrying about 40 pounds of ammo wow. on him on him to be reloading that fast. And uh, whether or not that's true or not, just the uh, the power of this the, the AR-15 and like how, you know, how quickly it can uh, like let off rounds and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then actually impact that many people that quickly is staggering, you know, like just to, and just to, to hear about it compared to, uh, to other guns was interesting. I'm going to try to get him on the show to talk about that um, uh, soon. But uh, yeah, we got to get him and Alex to come to the show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, Alex is an aficionado. Uh, an aficionado so is Kane, yeah. 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 Um, so uh, that might be an interesting episode to have for people who are, like, kind of into weaponry and guns, but they're somewhat responsible gun owners. Mm-hmm. And um, just to kind of talk about. G Dags, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He just got his license and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Because you we know should... he's top flight security, Craig. That's right. Yeah. He, yeah, he does yeah. have a security clearance. Cool. Yep. So, yeah, that'll be a good show to do. So, we'll, we'll definitely do that. Um, but uh, so, we've been talking about a lot of heavy stuff, and there's a lot of intersections at play, which is why we have our guest here. Uh, we thought we'd try and lighten it up a little. So, we're going to do super gay trivia. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> everyone's, <laughs> everyone's scared, and I feel like they should be. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, it's Pride Month, right? It's Pride. And right. I just can't feel... I just feel like I'll never have a better excuse or opportunity. Are we finished with junk drawers? Well, well, people yeah, can keep sending much. us their junk drawers. The mystery, oh, because I, I, I mystery got like an official junk drawer Scout just thing. sent us a what picture. But she's on She's on a plane from She got a junk drawer. She brought it with her? That on her way not back a drawer. Home. That's not a junk drawer. Let me see. <laughs> Who else? Who else? That's it. That's I want to know what True Master found in his mystery drawer. Shout out to Don Fonz on the check-in. This is real. This will go quick. I'm sorry. I have two Salad spoons uh, <laughs> from, from South Africa, and they're broken. Wow. Okay, they're souvenirs, though. That's yeah, but they're broken, and they're not like in the kitchen. Okay, okay. and then I have some Yo MTV rap cards. Oh. Who are the artists? That I had to grab some really crazy titles, so I got Tony D. Uh-huh. Who's Tony D? Tony D. Um, I got the Yo Posse. Who's uh, Tony D though? I don't know. You can look it up. Five. Fab Five Freddy. Hey, okay, okay. Um, three times dope. Hey, uh, the Afros. Yeah. Sonic. Hey, yes. Def Jeff. Yes. Whoa. Um, third base. Def- yep. so you don't okay. know Def Jeff. I do know Def Wait, Jeff. Nate the Great knows Def Jeff. He yeah. should definitely know. Why would Jeff? I not know Def okay, Jeff? All right, all right. Def Jeff sampled Sade. He sampled here on his track. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. I'm almost done. He had like two. He had like two. Doctor Dre and Ed Lover. I just oh, like got, the names, you know. Lover, nice. uh, Super Lover C, Casanova Red. Hey! Oh. And Oak Town 357. <laughs> Whoa. I didn't really like that, but that's like, oh, whatever. But I just went with that, the ones that had some names. That, he said yeah. that one just for Tanika. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's a good, I was happy good, I had that one. That's right. some good mystery drawer swag. Right. That's what I'm talking about. That's cool. Okay. I appreciate that. Can I see that stat one? I love Don't give him that. Yo, let me get that Def Jeff. I want the three times dope. Oh, yeah. Super Lover C, Casanova Somebody take a picture of those and tweet them out. Hashtag mystery drawer. Uh, all right, so let's do this. This is gay trivia. Uh, do we super gay trivia? Sorry, <laughs> gay trivia would be offensive. This is super gay trivia, and 
then um, we'll do uh, that'll be the hashtag too I guess if you want to answer so uh, hashtag Supergate Trivia at Beach Out Radio play along at home uh, tweet your answers and here we go which of the following celebrities was incorrectly outed as gay by the media was it Lady Gaga Cher Patrick Stewart or Prince this is uh, hashtag Super Gay Trivia oh, at Beach at Radio. Man. Which of the following tr- celebrities was uh, recently, in, in recent years, uh, incorrectly outed as gay by the media? Lady Gaga, Cher, Patrick Stewart, or Prince? That means they're not gay, but the media just thought they were, and, and they published it that they were incorrectly. Not Eric Sermon? Yes. What? Not Eric Sermon? The green eye bandit can't stand it. More fruity. I think, okay, I think it was Lady Sam. Gaga. I think it was Lady Gaga. Nah, I no. think it was Patrick Stewart. Who? I don't even know who Patrick no. Stewart is. Yes, you do. That's, that's, Captain Picard. Professor Xavier. Oh. Oh, I was thinking somebody completely different. Oh, Patrick Swayze's? <laughs> I don't know. I'm so bad with names. Oh, okay. Yeah, you said you weren't too yeah, on the pop culture I stuff. Sorry. I Sorry. Told you. Don't worry, we got some other ones. <laughs> so, who, do, who are you thinking? Was uh, incorrectly uh, outed by the media. Was it uh, Patrick Stewart, recently? Lady Gaga, Cher, uh, or Prince? You yeah, said some, recently. Somewhat though. recently, yeah. Um, so within the, within, the, within the past five years. Sure, I'll, so, go, with, I'll, go, I'll go with Professor Xavier, because I know. Yeah. Ian McCallan is right. Right. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. The X guy. Yeah. Although I was doing, I was thinking Lady Gaga. Okay. okay. It's either Gaga or or Patrick Stewart for Maybe. sure. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Don't oh. ask me. Okay. <laughs> uh, me? So, uh, oh, I said Lady Gaga. I think okay. it's Lady Gaga. Okay. It was Patrick Stewart. Oh. Okay. So Patrick, Patrick Stewart hangs Seriously? out with Ian McClellan a lot. Right. I think that's how that happened. He that's actually right. kissed Ian McClellan at the Tony Awards as like oh, a, like right. a as gag a or something. Yeah. Uh, and the Guardian outed him incorrectly in 2014. The Guardian. The Guardian. Yep. Come on! And, he, he, and Patrick Stewart had a, that's, a that's an American move, right? Damn! <laughs> he, had to, he had to reverse come out, like he had to like correct him and like come out as stri- as straight. So, oh, um, that's so awkward. I don't know how you. <laughs> he, didn't you, check you he, he did it well, though. He was just like, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, disappointed. I'm just not, you know, they right. just made that up, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. So at least he was an ID like, card. Uh-huh. No gay I- yeah, ID no- card. <laughs> 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 I mean, at least he didn't like. Have a a conniption, he yeah. Flip right, out. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. He was cool with <laughs> it, and, right. and, and for them to do that gag, that you know, he, you could tell he was real cool with it. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought he, he handled it gracefully. I was reading his uh, his statement earlier. Oh. Uh, let's do another one. So uh, traditionally, a rainbow has seven colors, uh, but since 1979, the pride flag only has six colors. Uh, what color is missing? And, and we should start this by saying, do you know what the colors are of the rainbow? Yes. Okay. What do you got? Indigo. Oh, and, oh! You already got the answer. Okay, yeah, you are correct. Oh, right. uh, you got sorry, it. No, no, you got, got no, no. That's answer. fine. That's the point. Trivia. You did it. <laughs> yeah, you, you did it. Sorry. Hey, okay. I messed so up. tell me. I, no, I'm you got sorry. it right on the money. So tell. Do you know? Name all the other colors that are in a traditional rainbow. It's Roy G. Biv. Yeah. Right? Red, yep. orange, yellow, green, blue, mm-hmm. purple. But I skipped indigo. Indigo, and then violet. It's indigo, yeah. violet. Yeah. Sorry. So they removed. So you're right. They they <laughs> removed uh, indigo in indigo in 1979, yeah. and they replaced it with royal blue. So it's like um, they basically the violet and uh, indigo. Wait, no, no, not violet. The blue and indigo became royal blue. So now it's just um, red, orange, yellow, green, um, blue, purple, or violet. Mm-hmm. So those are the six colors that they have now. The original, and this is something I had no idea, and uh, the original Pride flag had eight colors, and they were, in this order, hot pink, 
<laughs> red, orange, yellow, green, turquoise, indigo, violet. So they had an extra color that wasn't even in the rainbow. That sounds like a better flag. It's, yo, it looks, it looks so dope. Yeah. So I'm like, why did they change it? Because it really like, it looked like a rainbow, but like on acid because it had the extra hot yeah, pink just coming out right, of nowhere. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, why did they change it? Yo, they changed it because there's not enough, they couldn't find enough hot pink fabric when they were making these flags. They, they, they just don't what? produce a lot of hot pink, pink fabric, but they have all the other colors. So they, they couldn't make enough flags. All you got to do is pour some Pepto-Bismol on some <laughs> right? white. You're straight. So they're like, we got to cut out uh, the hot pink. And that's how that got cut off. That's crazy. Because of a lack of because fabric. Because they, they couldn't find enough fabric and they, want, the they were like trying to mass produce. dressing wow. room for pants. Yep. <laughs> for real. So, uh, but that's kind of smart of them though because they had it and it's like, we're not going to be able to make enough of these. We're trying to get them everywhere and there's just not enough hot pink in the world. So apparently, yeah. No, so, check so we Elton John's closet, Elton. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't go breaking my heart. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this popular, this is a super gay trivia at PJ Radio. Uh, this popular literary character was outed as being gay in an interview by the author who created him, not in the magical novels in which he appeared. Oh, could you read that again? Yes, I will. Wow. This popular literary character was outed as being gay in an interview by the author who created him. Harry Potter. But he wasn't outed in the magical novels in which he appeared. Who was the character? Harry Potter. Okay. The book was Harry Potter. Who was the character that was outed by J.K. Rowling? Uh, There's so many angry nah, people on you on Twitter. Sip your, don't no, sip your right lips on if now, you know I, the answer. I know answer, we man. have hardcore tw- uh, Harry Potter fans on Twitter yeah, right now, right. and they're all yelling at the radio. <laughs> 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 Nobody, Nobody's a Harry Potter fan? Was it Draco? No. So I mean, I know wrong. the redheaded kid had a crush on <laughs> yeah, the girl. Yeah, he was with Hermione. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dumbledore. Shout out to somebody on Twitter answered. Yeah, yeah, actually, two people. I I knew they'd be mad. Who said it on Twitter? Amani and and, and Kleana. They're they're hardcore Harry Potter fans. (laughs) They know hardcore. They know what's up. Who was it? Dumbledore. Oh, wow. Dumbledore uh, was outed as being gay. Albus is his first name, in case you care. Albus Dumbledore was outed uh, as being gay after the novels so ended. that's his first name. Yeah, now we know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the type of thing where she could have just like sit, applied that to any to character. anyone, Because there's yeah. no reference to that in the books, right? There's no, yeah, yeah. he wasn't right. outed in a novel, but she just mentioned it. She like mentioned it, you know, afterwards. And I feel like when the author, what the author says goes and becomes canon, whether or not it has happens in, in the novels or not and uh, you can actually say it's kind of progressive of her to not make it a central thing about him he was just you know he's Dumbledore and oh by the way you know yeah <laughs> okay. I mean she also did that with uh, when people were all up in arms because of the black play Hermione? yeah the black Hermione and yeah. she was like I never said Hermione was white yep yeah that was, like, was yes. she, uh, I guess yes. Hermione was was it in Europe they were doing a play yeah. and Hermione was cast as black and people mm-hmm. were like outraged like this happened with the freaking uh, Hunger Games too yes the, with the, oh yes. that's right girl, what was her name uh, I forget but she the, she was like black in the movie and people were upset and then even in the book though she was like referenced as having like darker skin or whatever and people just I think white people read books and they just everyone's white no matter what. Either way, I mean, how many <laughs> like what is this roots? All these white characters. guys get beat up, right? I just all right. Get it? Can I ask a question? I want to ask a question now. Now I'm totally curious. When y'all read books, they're black as black people. They're black. You, so you, do you picture people as black, or do you picture people as white, or how does that go? Does it differ from story to story if there's no reference to race? I do, if there's no picture on the cover of the book, they're they're usually black in my head until I get to a point where they're like, oh, they're so until white. they start talking about their milky white <laughs> features, because <laughs> that's what I read romance novels. Uh, <laughs> what about you? 
When wow. I was, I, I, I mean, now, uh-huh. I would assume they were black, even mm. if it said otherwise. Okay. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I was younger, though, I, I probably would have assumed that they were white. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, that easily. I mean, I started school in Virginia. Um, and then when I was younger, I was in a predominantly white school. So mm. I probably definitely would have assumed that they were white because I also like associated whiteness with like goodness, mm-hmm. beauty, yeah, you all see those it things. Everywhere. Yeah, so, so yeah. I definitely, especially any good character, would have mm-hmm. assumed that they were white. And they're usually described as like white or having white clothing. Yeah, and like fair stuff. skin yeah, yeah. or something like that. Sure. You just automatically. Yeah, now I, yeah, now in my head, I'm making black for spite, I guess, too. That's yes. Part of it. Yeah. Yes. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you say, they're black. Falco, There's a picture of a white man black. on the cover. They're black. Casper, yeah. the friendly black. Yeah. <laughs> Unicorns are all black. Don't matter. Look, look, every time I go to the supermarket, Moby Dick get, is black. I get black mush. I get black marshmallows. <laughs> black marshmallows. <laughs> the black cream filling. Uh, all right, sorry, Stephanie. I like, I like this question, Stephanie. Do you ever? My Oreos are all black. <laughs> all black. <everything>. <laughs> 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 I, I, I actually I don't want to sound Sort of cliche But I don't really See I don't, you don't see color No I don't No I don't think about I just don't think about The, the color I just oh, okay. I just don't even go there You don't get a mental image You don't try to build A mental image Of, of the people Of the characters In your head Not really Okay Not really I'm, I'm plot driven For me it depends <laughs> On how descriptive the, the, the story is right. When I'm reading it Because you can all You can automatically Pick out what the characters Look, at, look yeah. like Depending on the description So yeah. mm-hmm. Yo, right. I got, Hold on Before oh, yeah. you go, go I will move on yep. I have a rainbow piece Of information Oh okay The the University of Hawaii's fo- uh, Sports team Maybe just their football team Used to be called The Rainbows mm-hmm. And they changed the name and I, I'm gonna. I need to look it up or Google why, because they're now the Warriors. Hmm. But they used to be called the Rainbows. I'm sure we all know why. I think so too. Oh, I don't think we need to ask. Okay. <laughs> they probably. I mean, it's interesting how yeah, people have reacted team. to yeah. the rainbow flag hmm. um, and it being used for the queer community. I mean, nobody's saying that we own the rainbow. Right. You own that. But I've had yeah. somebody say it to me <laughs> really? that we feel like we own. You all the colors of the rainbow Trademark And it. nobody else can use it And I was just like Good. Okay you so just, You should have enforced that Been like yeah sorry <laughs> They're all Gray is yours now That's it Well I was just like um, So Reparations. When Our flag is red white and blue So no other mm. Country Good can point. use that Yep And Logic. then He just looked yeah. at me Like I just His Head exploded Come on Like you told him Dumbledore was gay He's Right like, no. <laughs> <laughs> First you took Dumbledore Now all the colors <laughs> I just couldn't get it. <laughs> Hashtag Super Gay Trivia at Beach Eye Radio. In 1963, Life Magazine dubbed this openly gay black organizer as the leader of the March on Washington. Bayard Rustin. Hey, hey. yes. Um, See, you know stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right? I thought you were going to do like celebrities. All, I don't it's know. It's a, I, like, I like to mix it up. In I fact, like history. Okay, perfect. Uh, I like to mix it up. In fact, this whole trivia thing was just a, um, a way to mention Bayard Rustin. So, uh, yes. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about him. Yay. Who the hell is Bayard Rustin? Amazing. 
I'll give like a, a brief description. If you want to fill it out a little, little bit, this is yeah. just um, uh, some some quick tidbits. Um, he was uh, a leading strategist in the civil rights movement mm-hmm. uh, in the fifties and sixties. Uh, he worked closely with uh, Martin Luther King, yep. and he organized almost single handedly uh, the uh, March on Washington, where King did his uh, "I Have a Dream" speech. Um, so he's a big deal. He's like, he's way up there. Um, and he, uh, let's see, uh, there was one instance that that I, I found interesting where he was working with King on a march. Let's see, here we go. In 1960, and this was with uh, Martin Luther King, and it was going to be in New York, and they were going to march on the Democratic National Convention. Um, oh, I'm sorry, in Los Angeles, and uh, the representative from New York, Adam Powell, said that if they marched on the DNC, he was going to sp- spread a rumor that King and uh, Baird Rustin were involved in a having a fair. Adam Clayton yes. Powell said yes. that. Yes. 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 So and there's like no there's like no proof to it, but he just said he's just right. like I'm going to just say it happened. And and uh, a, few, a few years prior, uh, Rustin had been involved in like a sex scandal, I guess, where he was arrested and caught having uh, sex with uh, a man. And so it was, and he was openly gay. So it was already out there that Rustin was gay. And this dude is like, listen, I'm just going to say that King is also gay if y'all don't call this off. Now King, in what is he's criticized for it in hindsight, um, called off the they actually called it off, and they yes. didn't they didn't march. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that was just that's just an interesting uh, thing about uh, Rustin. Yeah, I, I feel like you have more to add. I want, <laughs> no, no, I want I want to hear. <laughs> do you do you know? Did you come across any other interesting things about him or anything you want to add that that I didn't get my little spiel there? No, your your spiel is okay. about. I tried to consent. There's perfect. so much. There's so much about this person, and I find him a fascinating, like historical uh, figure and contemporary, really, because he only died in the '80s, '87, uh, I believe. Uh, so, if you haven't heard of him, uh, you should look him up because it's 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 just really riveting stuff. One uh, one thing that I found really interesting was uh, he had a partner that he was with for uh, a little over a decade before he passed away, uh, and he died of uh, was it not intestine? Uh, it's something stupid that people get uh, in their. It's an organ that ruptures. Pancreas? Yeah, it was like pancreatitis, right? Oh. So something like that's Dang, not like bro. a major. Yeah, and he, no, that's bad. Pancreatitis yeah. is bad. Oh, really? I thought bad. they just take those out. No, know, that's whatever. the appendix. You might be. Oh, maybe that's about appendix. Oh. Okay. Bladder. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> so, so his liver exploded. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, before he passed away, uh, this was in the '80s, so he couldn't he couldn't get married. So he adopted his partner, uh, who was a white dude. So he adopted him as his son, and in order oh, like to, Benjamin Button. No. What <laughs> did that happen to Benjamin Button? No, but I'm just like, how do you? You just like bringing up that partner. movie. So it, it, this is how he did it. Um, he actually had to have his partner, who's in his 30s, right? His partner's in his 30s, and he had to have his his partner's uh, mother sign off and say that she gave up her biological mothering maternal rights, what? and that he adopted. And the idea was now when he kicks it, yes. he can leave his. Yeah. his mother. And, and this is yep. something that I guess a lot of people did because mm-hmm. it was the only way that you could really bequeath your your belongings and. and and they actually have like a, a legal yeah. binding, uh, you know, contract. Yes. Um, so that was that was uh, his name is Walter uh, Nigel. So that was his uh, partner of, of many years. And have to be a white dude too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, interestingly enough, uh, Bayard Rustin didn't really start doing uh, LGBT activism until the mid '80s, uh, shortly before uh, he yeah. passed. He spent most of his life dedicated to uh, black liberation, which is why it really pisses me off when I see like this uh, faux tap, no tap stuff happening, where people are like bashing the black 
you know, black people are bashing the gay community. Like, why y'all? I, I actually got an argument with someone uh, today about this, and they were saying like, everyone always comes out and supports the gay community, but like, I don't see people coming out this hard for the black community. Oh and I'm gosh! Like, I'm like, first off, there's like, there's black gay people. You know this, right? Like, there's black people in the LGBT community. So, are you fighting for them or not? And if you don't know the history about people, you know, like like Rustin, uh, who have been putting their own struggle with LGBT almost aside to focus on black liberation, it's like that's just an insult to injury. Like you just don't know what you just literally don't know what you're talking about. Um, well, it's yeah. it's deeper than that because it's oh, yeah. like well. Until now, mm-hmm. the LGBT movement was exclusive to people of color. They they did not want to recognize, hear, or uh, speak about and advocate for the issues that specifically affected queer people of color. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people only could find sanctity in movements around race and race mm-hmm. relations. Um, so that's why a lot of times, like you hear about even more contemporary advocates, Audre Lorde, a lot of them fought within um, civil rights rights movements before they even started to talk about their queerness or their sexuality in any aspect. James Baldwin Mm. um, mostly fought for civil rights as well because of that exclusivity. And I'm sorry if I jumped your trivia. No, 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 you didn't. No, you just, (laughs) I had a a quote from James Baldwin and you mentioned him. Um, Let's see. uh, He wrote, um, uh, King, when when Martin Luther King canceled that, um, that demonstration because of uh, Rustin, James Baldwin wrote uh, King lost much of his moral credit in the eyes of the young and this was part of the reason that uh, MLK had a hard time getting a lot of uh, young people on board with him because he basically punked out of that mm-hmm. um, demonstration so just when you mentioned Baldwin it reminded me of that so yeah. um, but I was yeah, also no. th- thinking of uh, our own Albany's own Barbara Smith who also oh, yeah, yeah. started who I in just the... met oh you did and I cried <laughs> when I <laughs> met her oh I had God. a friend who, I introduced a friend of mine to her and she was like, why didn't I get her autograph? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I was thinking the same thing. I was wearing a shirt with her name on it. What? I that was. So, I, are you serious? That's some, yo, that's, I was like that's a super crazy. fan. Like, I don't think she was prepared for me to be there. But yeah. wow. That's awesome. Love it. That's awesome. Uh, super gay trivia at B-Shot Radio. Uh, who's gayer, Ian McClellan or Neil Patrick Harris? Oh, boy. What? <laughs> We just decided that. that. Is that question Did okay? Just, that is problematic. It's problematic. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris. I thought I think yeah. you said Patrick Stewart. I want to hear from Deidre why that's problematic. I'm not disagreeing. I'm sure it is. I just want to hear it because I, um, I think it should be discussed. I have a real super great <laughs> question. But go ahead. I mean, is there such thing as somebody mm. being more gay than right. another There's person? degrees to your gayness now? Like, to levels to this shit? I mean, <laughs> that, that, that people really think that it's like a lifestyle, which mm-hmm. is really unfortunate because it's like no mm. but yeah it's, there's there's no way that somebody can be more, you could say more proud yeah. of being gay but mm-hmm. to say that somebody's gayer than another person makes absolutely mm. no sense maybe <clears throat> a better way to, a better way to, <laughs> why don't you stop now why don't you stop now <laughs> no, 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 no 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 this is cool this, this is, is cool. I just want I just wanted me. this discussion that's why trust me this, <laughs> you know I don't, I don't that's what he wants <laughs> that's exactly what I want another way of wording that is who's more flexible Flamboyant. Well, no, because flamboyant and gay aren't really interchangeable. It's not no, the it's same not, thing. It's, not, it's, it's not. not. It's not. But I'm saying that. Oh, to change it into what they into what, what they mean. Right. I get right. what you're saying. Right. Uh, Stephanie, do you want to? So should uh, JB have stopped before he asked that yes. question? Yes. Yep. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm so I'm same cool. question, Stephanie. I'm who's cool. gayer, uh, Neil Patrick Harris or Ian McClellan? <laughs> 
Sorry, that's not politically correct. I'm going to handle that one. Okay, so Stephanie says Neil Patrick Harris, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is what I would have said, but. <laughs> Okay. It's Beach Shot After Dark, right? Uh, yeah. All right, so this is uh, Super Gay Trivia at Beach Shot Radio. Um, uh, Hakuna Matata. In 2015, this <laughs> openly gay actor married his partner of 18 years. In what year? In 2015, this openly gay actor married his partner of George 18 Kai? years. The, the major hint was Hakuna Matata. Oh, my God. He played Timon in Lion King. Oh, the Benson Dubois. No, he was also in the birdcage. Yes, the short little. You have a microphone, Stephanie. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the short little guy. Um, the short little dumpy guy. Oh, from birdcage. What the heck is That's his name? My favorite movie. I know, I love that. Do you want you want a hint? One of the people in this room shares his first name. Oh, we know it's not True Master. No, it's Na- it's Nathaniel <laughs> something something. Really, my name's Nate not Frankenbacher. Nathan. <laughs> Well, Nathan Lane. Nathan, Nathan Lane. Lane. There hey. you go. There's My your name first, is you got your first answer. That's Super Gay Trivia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. Uh, the Let's see. Uh, Alicia Garza and Patrice Cullors are two queer women of color who, along with their friends, started the Black Lives Matter hashtag and network. That was started in response to what national tragedy? Alicia Garza and Patrice Cullors are two queer women of color who, along with their friends, started the Black Lives Matter hashtag in response to what national Garza? tragedy? Mike Brown. No, no. I thought it was Mike Brown. Trayvon Martin, then. Yes. Okay. Was I was Martin. confused yep. between Trayvon Martin mm-hmm. and Mike Brown. They, yeah, it's hard. It's actually to the point where it's like hard to keep track. All, yeah, right? Then they were all like... Yeah. 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 And, and specifically, not, not in response to his death, but actually in response to George Zimmerman's acquittal, yes. uh, which happened that summer of 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget that day because I happened to be at a show in like Pennsylvania when it like the the news broke and I spent like the rest of the show just sitting in my car pissed like I need to get back to New York um, but yeah I mean that whole the whole movement I mean the, obviously these movements have been going on for a long time but that specific hashtag and network and Black Lives Matter all came out of that uh, that one incident that's what spurned it I think it's it's mm-hmm. also amazing to see how people are quick to forget that they actually started Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter in the hashtag yep. um, and it speaks to the erasure yep. of history yep. uh, especially of queer women of color constantly absolutely which is again why they're kind of a question I hear you know because that's it's one of those things where uh, it's, it's just so easy to, for, for these uh, movements to kind of be co-opted and, and I think when we're focusing on a lot of a lot of the focus of the BLM movement has been on people killed by the police and uh, that happens to black men straight black men at, at, at a high rate so they become like the focal point of the movement and we forget about all the other things happening to like the Sandra Blands and that's where the kind of the say her name uh, movement kind of came out of the BLM movement too Mm -hmm. so that we don't erase um, women and and queer women and uh, you know trans women specifically too um, because it's so easy for that to happen and then when you when you have these men who kind of push to the forefront of the movement it seems like Patrice and some of the other women are intentionally like not trying to be leaders of the movement they Mm -hmm. want it to be uh, self-sustaining and not relying on leaders and figureheads, right? And men are just like, we're here to stand up and be that that person. Um, so that's where you end up with um, who are the? I mean, like you know, like the Sean Kings and the yes. and the. Uh, there's so many. I, can, I don't know. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, what's with the vest? What's his name with the blue vest? 
console. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm blanking on his name. The guy who just ran for mayor in Boston. Uh, oh, I know who you're talking about. Uh, so uh, him and and uh, uh, Jackson and all these other people, they, they kind of like they're they're so eager to take over that role. Oh, and, did you go to the rally at U Albany? Uh, which which one? To I defend have. black girls. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. the same thing happened. Did, wait, wait, at the uh, at the defend black the first one? Oh yeah, men were so offended. Oh, but okay, I thought you meant like the. Sp- because the speakers, the speakers were, all, were all women, and the women were like up there. You meant oh, like yeah. the men in the crowd. That was by force. Oh, okay. Yeah, we had to like yeah. literally ask and Good. force them out of the space yeah. because huh. um, black men. I mean, black men constantly feel like they have to protect black women. Yeah, it, it, they feel like that's their responsibility and their role, and I get that. Yeah. But at the same time, don't turn that into misogyny. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. No. One thing that I, I liked about that rally was that all the black women were at front, like. At the podium. Yeah. One thing I didn't like was that they separated everyone else by like, like rape. It was just seemed really unnecessary. They're like all white people over it here, didn't and make black sense. men over here. Really? Like I get the women being at the front, but why are why are Let why am explain. I like getting to the colored section over here? Like no, no, that's <laughs> not what it was supposed to be. Let me explain. Okay, it was supposed to be allies. People who were allies were uh-huh. supposed to be on the outskirts. We wanted the black women to speak to black men mm-hmm. and that's why black men were supposed to be in the middle mm. that's what it was supposed to be uh, I, I feel like it was but poorly it wasn't presented. <laughs> it wasn't people weren't listening like it was just too much yeah. it, we tried yeah. and it failed yeah. and I understand why people thought that and felt that um, but then that then turned into once again black men stepping up and telling us how we can't run anything or organize anything. well I, I just being there I, I felt like it was just poorly like presented because I was listening intently and and I'm just like I got the women being up there, and but just the way it was like they, they had like chairs around. They're like go to you know go to your quadrant, and it wasn't there a third group too. It was like white allies, black men. And I feel like people there was a third. wanted to be in groups like for organization. Oh, oh yeah, like orga- mm-hmm. okay, so organization. So it, it was uh it was interesting. Uh, it was still super powerful. Amani actually uh, did yeah. a piece there. It was amazing. I think Rosa spoke as well. Yeah, I um, was there. I spoke yeah. too. Yeah. yeah uh, that was right before I think the first BLM meeting. So I may have left yes, prior to yours. It yeah. was. There was so there was so much happening. Yeah. But, um, this is great because you now you've been on the show. Mine's been on the show. Rose has been on the show. So I got to find out who else spoke, performed the smoke that day. We'll get we'll run the game. Get him on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. So anyway, back to offensing offensive <laughs> stuff. What the hell did we leave off? Oh, here we go. Rumors of these two fictional characters being gay started in 1980 in a book entitled "The Real Thing." Despite these rumors, these two characters still sleep in separate beds. So these are two fictional characters who've been rumored to be gay since the 80s. Ernie and Bert. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the Odd Couple. The Odd Couple? Okay. <laughs> it's definitely Bert and Ernie. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Ernie? Bert and okay, Ernie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, they yeah. were in a book. Yeah, well, they were they were written about in a book called The Real Thing, and this was a book by Kurt Anderson uh, where he questioned the duo sexuality, kind of like tongue in cheek, and then it became like people loved it and they latched onto it and ran with it. Oh. So there was like this whole campaign, and they wanted people were like pushing like Sesame Street to out them. Yeah, and, like, they, yeah. there was like there was like people, they would have been Bernie. People were wow. trying to get them to put the beds closer together. Like they were like, yeah. uh, and then eventually, uh, I guess Sesame Street came out and and they like cleared it. Up. I feel like. Sesame Street came out? Any, yeah, right. No. Yeah. They 
never should have said anything, but there was like a comment like they're not intended to be in, in a romantic relationship. Like they came out and said that, um, but, but, but they're still like kind of people still make those jokes. And I've seen oh, I've, I've seen, seen jokes about them. every yeah. I've, I've yeah. seen jokes about every character from Sesame Street. Yep, yep. And that was the, <laughs> always the one that went, went with Ernie and Bert. Uh, let's do one more of these. I guess this I got is, a good one. Oh, you have it. You oh, want to do? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, this is hashtag Super Gay Trivia at yeah. Radio. This. Uh, this gay actor had arguably the best opening scene out of any of the X-Men movies. Wait, it's not Ian McClellan? No. All right, say it again. This gay actor had arguably the best opening scene out of all the X-Men movies. And he happens to be my favorite X-Men character. The Magneto guy? Nope. No, that's, that's Ian McClellan. McClellan. Oh. But it's okay. See? Oh, you show, it, see how I don't know Was it the dude who played uh, Nightcrawler? Yes, from, Alan, from, Alan Cummings. From, from X-Men Nightcrawler. 2. Yeah. Unbelievable. Alan Cummings was an incredible Nightcrawler. And, but although I do like the, the new kid they I haven't they seen have. it yet. Oh, what is okay. Nightcrawler? What is he? Uh, he teleports. He's like, Whoa. Oh, with the tail? Yes. 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 Do you remember that scene? He's in the no. White House. Wait, tell like, me the scene. He's in oh, the White yes. House. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had that power. <laughs> do you know what I would do to people? Oh, my gosh. Yes. That's my dude. Yes. He's also Floop in Spy Kids. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yes. Floop yes. is a madman. Help us. Save us. Teacher, what would you do with that power? Would you... <laughs> Would you pop up in white spaces and just be like, Black Lives Matter, and then yes. just leave? I would totally get Probably on stage, too. Oh, right. On stage. And I would probably, probably be naked, too. Just to make people uncomfortable. Yes. Pop up, be like, look, Taylor Swift, I'm going to let you finish, but. Right. Wait, wait, not only did you just teleport in front of us, but you don't have any clothes on. Yep. Lines oh, are super yeah. blown. Yep. I probably have, like, the names of everybody just painted all over right. my body. Like, Yo, you could get everyone out of prison. Everyone. Oh, my God. Oh, name. my God. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what he what? does. He, like, holds them, and he's like, all right. Yeah. He's like. And he's like All the political prisoners <laughs> oh, oh my gosh We need to work on this Let's go to Gitmo We need a new X-Men Where that's their whole thing <laughs> And then yo, Summer I have, of War yo, I, have, I have Black Lives Matter uh, Characters Like all lined up ready. Wait oh, isn't there right a new comic Coming out Where like the character Is like this black superhero Who like Fights systemic oppression See Oh I, have, I didn't I had this all I was reading out. it And like I was just like I don't even like comics And I would read mm-hmm. this Yeah well, the new Black, Black Panther, Panther? it's not Black, not what you're describing, it doesn't mm-hmm. sound like Black Panther, but the new Black Panther by Tennessee Coates is out, and I think they're they're about to, I think the third issue is coming out uh, this month, and it's great. I've been reading it, it's it's just extremely well written, and it's the highest selling comic in the last 10 years, wow. I guess, uh, based on the, the store's ordering, because the demand is so high for it. Wow. Um, so it's, it's great to see the comic industry kind of like realize that there's money to be made here, and actually to like add some diversity and get like uh, more, more Black writers involved mm-hmm. and and producers and, and directors we got Brian Coogler directing uh, the Black, Black Panther, Panther film you know he's um, been doing a great job oh with his my films. gosh yep. he's been doing really good we're it's gonna plan we're gonna plan a huge um, Black Panther movie night oh hell wanna, yeah what, what I'm hoping to do is like uh, it's a Black Panther party buy out a theater and have like all, <laughs> just like all black folks in, <laughs> for the Black 
Panther screen. You could come, I'm Nate. Down. You could come. So yeah, this yeah, is happening yeah. in 2018. You, oh, of course, of course. You and I have like a, a Google reminder for this. So we're, I'm serious about it. I want to get like a hundred folks and just take over a movie theater and watch I'm Black Panther. I'm so <laughs> down for that. We gotta do it. Oh, yeah. All right, it's happening. I'm sorry, I had a fight at your Black Panther party. This is Nate the Great's Forrest Gump. All right, this is the last question. This is Super Gay Trivia Happy Chat Radio. Um, Sylvia Rivera and other trans women of color are responsible for this 1969 uprising, which is often credited as a starting point of the gay liberation movement. Now, Deidre, you know the answer, and you mentioned this earlier. I know too. So let's yeah, let's have someone Stonewall. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, you weren't no supposed time. to say it. history major. <laughs> Stonewall. Um, so Stonewall. Uh, it's a big deal. It was an uh, uprising. It was. Um, it's actually. Uh, for, it's my understanding that the Pride uh, celebrations are supposed to be like. They were created after because so. of that, right? Like yes, uh, okay. as a response. Yeah. Um, does, do you guys want to kind of give your you know your perspective on what Stonewall is? Because I think a lot of people have just started hearing about it. There was that awful movie that came out, and uh, I think there's a lot of misinformation. So, uh, what is, what is your guys at least feelings about Stonewall and, and any tidbits you want to add in there? Don't watch the movie. Don't watch the movie because it was pink washed. It was whitewashed. whitewashed. Um, I I guess what I would say is the reason for Stonewall was trans women of color stepping up Mm -hmm. and responding to the endless violence that they were facing, sexual assaults, uh, and like the never-ending list of things. Um, And and it was a violent. Angry response Although people Try to change that Mm -hmm. And um, It's unfortunate Because people don't Value violence And anger anymore When it comes to Organizing um, And responding To things But Look at Baltimore This is a reaction To Baltimore Yeah Yeah exactly Um, So I think That's a huge part Of the erasure Of it is like Oh you know They don't want to Show these like Angry black women Mm -hmm. Pretty much Um, So yeah It was It was a movement Created out of anger Anger, um, and out of having enough. Hmm. So. Did you did you see the movie or did you just say I don't want any part of it? I did not watch. You that didn't movie. watch. Okay. The minute that I knew that it was cis white gay men, Man, yeah. Like no. That's how we do with like Gods of Egypt, and when this stuff comes out, I yeah. don't I don't need to see it, but I just tell no, don't go see this. Don't like go we see don't do that. Yep. No. Uh, Stephanie Stonewall. No, I was just um, thinking. Well, I'm a museum. A person and a history buff as well So I know that um, Obama's pushed forward So that it is now going to be a historic Considered a historic landmark Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that's gone through Or is about to go through But Mm. um, I think that will certainly Give it more um, Credence to people outside the, you know, t- mm-hmm. to people in the gay community, is it is already an icon. But, yeah, um, oh. I think that's going to make it even more impressive and broaden yeah. the audience for absolutely. Yeah, I, so I, I hope that happens. Yeah, what's what's Stonewall? So, uh, I'll describe it uh, kind of quickly. You you touched on uh, Deidre. You touched on uh, what the police were doing to some of these people. But mm-hmm. Stonewall is was an inn in uh, Greenwich Village. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Greenwich Village. And, yeah. Oh, okay, 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 okay. And okay. I guess what, what would happen was the police the police would go to these gay bars and they'd raid them all the time, right? Yeah. And uh, it got to the point where police, like some police were tipping off the bars and they were like getting paid from some of 
these uh, establishments like tip them off so they'd know when the raids would come so uh, the bars just got really good at maneuvering it so essentially they'd be like the cops are coming at six we'll put the booze out in the truck they raid the place they like sometimes steal liquor smash bottles of police doing this they sexually assault the, um, the, the patrons um, arrest a lot of people sometimes they'd, they'd arrest they'd have people behind the counter to get arrested so they could have other bartenders and oh, the idea wow. was when the cops left they just reopened they'd be like we do this shit like this is just what it is so uh, the police did this for um, for uh, years and years and years and then in uh, on June 28th in 1969 uh, there was a, a violent uprising uh, against it and there was like you know bricks being thrown and cops be having the shit kicked out of them um, by a lot of these uh, queer women of color especially trans women of color uh, I mentioned uh, Sylvia Rivera was one and uh, and that's kind of it, 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 that kicked off a lot of people attribute that to kicking off what is the modern day um, gay uh, rights movement did I yeah okay it has definitely uh, definitely pride more mm-hmm. than more than anything even though okay. pride has completely changed from what it was originally started mm-hmm. as uh, one other thing about that is the um, oh door I, uh, one other tip about the raids uh, during the police raids uh, I guess the lights would be turned on the customers were lined up uh, this is a, a first-hand account that I found a quote uh, customers were lined up and their ID cards were checked those without this is the crazy part those without identification or dressed in full drag were arrested others were allowed to leave um, some of the men including those in drag uh, used their draft cards as ID and some of the women would be arrested if they didn't have at least three pieces of quote unquote feminine clothing so uh, if you were a woman and you're at this place and you're dressed in a way that they thought was too masculine uh, you would be arrested uh, just for that so they'd be like wow. you know you can get scarf heels whatever you know feminine clothing and if you didn't have three pieces you'd be arrested because they would say you were dressing oh, as trans or, or masculine or drag uh, king or something so uh, that's the type of shit that was happening at and Stonewall. these things happened here in Albany as well yeah. I, I had one of my dearest friends told me not too long ago about it about an experience that he had mm-hmm. where the bar was raided mm-hmm. you know I mean people were literally climbing over each other because they already were showing the scars from previous beatings that occurred mm-hmm. um, and that you know if you had money you could potentially pay them off yeah. but if you didn't and a lot of the folks didn't they were going to suffer beatings or be thrown in the paddy wagon as mm-hmm. they would call it at that time so and then they would be treated horribly and often sexually assaulted at the, at the jails. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. It, this happened all over. Stonewall just happened to be yep. the place where the uprising occurred. But mm-hmm. this was all, you know, this was rampant all yep. over the country, all uh, over. these type of things. And just just a way to um, harass and take away these spaces. And and like, like in, ingenuity people do, like uh, people of color and queer people have had to do their entire existence. They started to adapt to it. And people, you know, the authorities don't like that, you know, when you start to adapt to oppression or fi- find ways to subvert it or resist in your own way. Whether it's res- Resisting with bricks or resisting in, hey, we know these cops are coming now. Let's don't get to the club till afterward. That type of stuff. And the authority, you know, authority, quote unquote, reacted in kind, and that uprising occurred out of it. And I, I think it's important to remember that it, it was a violent, like you mentioned, DJ, a violent riot uprising. So when people are so quick to condemn these uh, displays of, of violence now and say, you know, peace is the only way, and like mm-hmm. use love to fight, vi- like that's that's bullshit. Like, you know, th- right. th- there's a reason that uh, people have to be angry and have to use force and, and be violent and, and defend, them, defend themselves um, sometimes. And uh, we have to we have to keep that in mind. People have a right to be angry. And the, what, what occurred at Stonewall, like, it's like, thank God. 
got to happen then what you know how how much longer w- w- does that need to go on um before there's uh you know a significant resistance like how much oppression do you have to take before you you're allowed to get angry enough to throw a brick at a cop you know right uh it never should have gone gone on for that long and i'm sure it still happens in a thousand different ways today mm-hmm. and but it's just important to remember there's a reason people resist and why we shouldn't be trying to stop people from resisting yeah um so uh, that ends uh, super gay trivia. Uh, I hope I didn't. It wasn't Aww. too. Uh, <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> well, we, I mean, it's a le- we can briefly. I mean, it's beachhead after dark. We have like maybe ten minutes. I got a couple questions. Yeah, uh, and maybe y'all, y'all can answer. But you're not like a movie buff, so I don't know. Maybe you can help us. Try. Give me a try. Um, Birdcage. No. Yes. Yes. Based off a play. Yes. Lacage. Mm-hmm. Lacage full. All right. Torch Song Trilogy, also based off a play? I believe so. Not the same name, but I believe so. Is one of the stories in Torch Song Stonewall? Because I remember there being a riot in it, but I saw it a really, really long time ago. There, I don't remember the riot. There, there, the main character was beaten, right? Um, but it wasn't a full-scale riot. Oh, okay. He was I, beaten. I saw like streets and fire. I didn't know. Yeah, if- he was beaten um, nearly to death. Okay. Um, at, at the, you know, whatever, because they felt he was gay. Okay. And um, beat the crap out of him. Um, All right. And then his, uh, you know, his lover was at his bedside. Okay. For uh, for the next, I don't know how many scenes, but <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I, I just remember it from a while ago, and I thought maybe there was fire and bricks, not and that, not that I, I thought it was a connection to Stonewall. Not that I remember. No. Okay. That's you guys all. have any recommendations like Netflix of things that are not, all right, like uh, shows or, or movies that feature uh, queer people that aren't just stereotypes and caricatures, whitewashed, etc. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm assuming Ian a lot McCallan of the mainstream stuff. I, yeah. I'm assuming a lot of the mainstream stuff is problematic. It's usually you know uh, c- cis white type stuff. Yeah. yeah. So uh, is there anything you're watching that you don't cringe every time you turn on? Or? There's oh. a movie called Pariah. Okay. On Netflix. Mm-hmm. Really so good. good. Pariah. Yes. I saw that. So, so good. good. So good. Definitely relatable for my young queer people of color. Okay. Um. And then there's also Hold on I had something in my mind And I just lost it Tangerine Oh yeah. that, yeah. that I was uh, watching it. A queer woman was like You gotta watch this movie Yeah so, Tangerine Okay. Yeah Which is I will say before you watch it Just If you have any comments Keep it to yourself mm-hmm. Yeah <laughs> um, I don't know about other things. What are you guys watching not related to that? Is there anything you guys are into? We just like watching movies and TV, so is it <laughs> Quantico. Quantico? What's that? What? About Quantico. How dare you? I wa- no, I haven't. You got that on like Channel 10 or Channel 13? ABC. I don't have cable. Yeah. I watch Netflix and, and Hulu. It comes yeah. on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Oh, is it on Hulu? Okay. Yes. Sorry, you I need no to watch excuse. it. <laughs> That's the... Okay. Um, hello. Everybody's been talking about it because it's one of the first like mainstream shows that have the leading actress is an Indian woman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, her yeah, name is Priyanka something. I can't remember her last name, but yeah. she's amazing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And she's like super like I'm activist. I'm going to add to my right now. Yeah. Sorry, like, spend, she goes hard for women's rights. I spend a lot of time making up random trivia questions so I don't get to watch as much TV as I want to but <laughs> I'm going to add that to my list right now Quantico. Yeah, Quantico and then I watch like I like to watch a lot of documentaries same 
So I just watched Central Park Five again the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. And Voltron. That was. Uh, what did I just see? Oh, I just saw the. Uh, uh, it was called High Profit, and it's about uh, when they legalized um, marijuana in was it, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Colorado. Mm. Uh, and it's like an eight-part uh, documentary docu series thing. How was it? Uh, it was really interesting. It, I I enjoyed it because it kind of showed how the the day like January one when weed was legalized, um, they were just making money hand over fist, but because uh, weed was illegal federally, the Federal Reserves and banks couldn't take money uh, from weed. They couldn't process electronically weed transactions. Oh, wow. So it all had to be done in cash. <gasps> so they're making like $200,000 a day walking to the bank with like duffel bags because they, they they couldn't do any electronic transactions because it was a, f- a federal crime. And, yeah. and the F- <laughs> F- Federal Reserve and everything had to follow the federal guidelines. Um, so it's a, it was like a, it's a cash market. Even to this day, it's like that um, because there, there are all these like rules. So it was cool to see that and it was cool to see it kind of bu- uh, burst quickly like people ran there to just buy weed even my boy like re- like went to Colorado to just yeah. try buying weed legally wow. and uh, they had people coming up from all over the country to buy it and the, the inflation was was just out of this world and people just wanted to buy it so they could say they bought weed legally there's like lines wrapping the block like twice that type of stuff yeah. um, so it's cool to watch and just to see what happened in that in this one town that they talk about where weed was legalized and it just kind of changed the whole climate of the town and the town was like split in half between people who like hated that weed was kind of taking over the they, they hated that it became such a tourist attraction and people were just coming there just to like smoke bud and buy and buy weed and then other people were like this is great for the economy yeah like they made so much money like the town made so much I money their school systems are on point they have extra uh, money like yeah. towns have extra money this yeah. never happens <laughs> so they're like mad the politicians are like mad but they're cashing these checks you know but is this hurting like the local weed man yeah yeah it was yeah that sucks there was a oh, <laughs> there was a guy you know it's funny there was a guy who was selling selling weed to the people in line to buy weed first i want to say that's like another level of pothead like you're <laughs> this is like you're in concession stand at the movie theater and, and buying like snickers from another guy like why are you <laughs> so he was going up and like while they're waiting he's selling joints to people waiting to buy more weed that's smart uh yeah it was smart but <laughs> but what's messed up though is the fucking the dude that owned the place that's selling the weed legally threatened to call the the police and a guy outside selling like jays and bad. I'm like this is this is the problem like yeah. when we was the I'm owner so a sorry. person of color no of course not of course not they're white oh it's yeah. everyone's white in Colorado there's anyway. only <laughs> I was actually watching a video recently of the one black woman who owns a weed what is it called dispensary dispensary, dispensary. Yep. Yep. not an infirmary, an infirmary. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah and, I'm and sick like, I need my weed she's so dope mm-hmm. yeah really you said that was a show or a movie or something it was a, a video I can try to oh, find okay. an issue. No, I'll definitely want to check that out. It, yeah. it, it's fascinating to watch. And there are some issues that were brought up that I didn't consider, like um, people who get medicinal weed, were, now they can buy it recreationally, so they're just going to what's called a, a bud tender instead of a bartender. So Ooh. these aren't doctors. They're just like people that know a, know a decent amount about weed. But the problem is, because they're not doctors, people are going to them to buy weed recreationally, like, and they have cancer, and they're like, what's the best weed for my cancer? And they're like, oh. I don't fucking hear. Eat this fucking <laughs> Rice Krispie <laughs> treat, you know? So, so people are like taking medical advice from potheads who are selling recreational weed because they want to bypass the medical part of it. So yeah. that was like an interesting thing I never thought about. Because yeah, if you can get it either recreationally or uh, you know in all these other forms or medicinally, why not try the other stuff? So, so you saying I can still go to the red door, <laughs> yes, Clinton, and get what I need? Yeah. Why you want? Sh- that, <laughs> cut it, it, Nate, it, it, Nate, cut that out the podcast. Yeah. Man, it's, it's, it's 
been shut down. It's been shut down. <laughs> it's been shut down. Has anybody seen, uh, was it The Truth About Lying, Dishonesty? No. no. That's a really good one, too. It talks about um, um, how people not, like, just falsify information mm-hmm. and white lies. Mm-hmm. And they actually give a, a number of different scenarios where, like, one guy... Um, He's a he's like an NBA official, yep. and he allows certain you know. Um, it's already known in the culture that certain players are allowed to to foul and not get called on it. And there's all these different things depending on the less the less calls you make on particular athletes, mm. um, the higher you move up in the what? Offic- in the wow. official game. Yo, so that's what, crazy. Makes me think about Draymond Green. So what what ends up Word. happening? So what? Oh, that's absolute. Like only you know, only one person got in trouble for that situation, but two people fought. Right. Um. So what ended up happening was he started gambling on games with a friend of his Hmm. because he knew who was going to be officiating and everything. It was like this whole racket that he got involved in. Um. You know, he ultimately lost his job, but all the scenarios are different. Another one is about you know um, a mother, a black mother, who has two children. They're in. You know They're in an underserved community Therefore the school district uh, Is underserved But her her father He lives in a nice neighborhood Mm. And they And she ended up uh, Sending her kids To that school district Didn't she go to jail And she ended up Going to jail So all of those stories Are in it What's the name of this Truth about lying You said Dishonesty The truth about lying It's 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 really And it's And it's actually The person who put it together um, Is you know Does psychological studies and went to school for it and like so basically um, like his dissertation was fleshed out into this documentary oh, okay. wow nice. is this know? on Netflix yeah All right. also Don't on Net- Netflix Falling Man it's a documentary about the photo of the guy falling from the World Trade Center oh, man. They, oh I looked at should, that yeah and they go they try to find out who it is I'm convinced they found out who it was too um, They ha- and if you have the stomach for it because they show it's, it's oh. super triggering traumatic right oh, sorry, oh you showed yeah. showed it at the museum oh you yeah, showed I don't the Falling Man I don't do any of this so they go on this like journey to basically figure out based on what what window he was what floor what tower who was in the building that day and they find out I think they, it's in- inconclusive because you know it, it's it, it's just too much to really know for certain but they they narrow it down and trying to find out who is the guy in that photo which became one of the most iconic photos of that um, entire you know incident wow so I, I encourage people to watch it if you're if you're up for it it's really morbid you'll get, you're going to get upset but uh, yeah, but it's, it's very I think upsetting it's, yeah I think it's well done and I was like I had it I couldn't stop watching it wow um, so it's Beach Out After Dark. I guess we're going to wrap things up. Uh, I just want to thank uh, both our guests, Stephanie Miller, uh, Deidre Michelle, for, for being here. Um, is there? Do you guys have like social media stuff where people can follow you and not harass you or like Twitters? Or? Um, you can add me on Facebook, Deidre Michelle. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really post on Twitter. Okay. I have one. Mm-hmm. Um, my Instagram is Black Riot. B L V C K R I O T. Okay. Um, um, so you can find me through there as well. Well, that's clever. That. The V instead of the A. It's like upside down A. That's yeah. a good. That's really. <laughs> that's who I am. Hey. This yeah. Is, this is an inside joke. We had a band submit for the Beach Shop Music Festival yesterday, and we were going through submissions, and they replaced all their A's with V's. Yeah. And we had like a like a five minute discussion trying to how do we pronounce this? <laughs> yeah. And we were down to like Blavik <laughs> Shivik. 
we didn't know. We, before we figured out what was happening, because yeah. it wasn't just one. It was several AV things. So it was, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It totally looked like it could have been from like a Slavic nation. Yeah. It said Skiveter Brevin is what it said. <laughs> And then, but it was just scatterbrain. We figured it out. Yeah. Wow. But, uh, anyway, that's why. <laughs> so, uh, so Black Riot, the A is a V on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and Steph, do you care? She's like, everyone, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Some days, yes. Um, no, I am on Facebook. It's just okay. Stephanie Miller. On okay. Facebook. I'm sure you're the I only did. Stephanie Miller. So. Yeah, I'm sure I am. Um, I'm the really cute one. And uh, hey. <laughs> the um, uh, and I am on Instagram, and I think I'm uh, D Squad. D Squad boss. boss. Yeah. Yes. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, again, thank you uh, both for coming. Uh, really appreciate the insight and layers and context that you added to this. Uh, hopefully, people listening were uh, able to kind of like process it with us. I'm still, I'm still processing it. I know yeah. a lot of people are still yeah, kind of just going I through that. Yep. Um, so <laughs> it's a lot, but people are there, and I think uh, I've seen a lot of people put posts like, you know, if you want need to talk, contact me, and uh, we, you know, I think a lot of us are sometimes those people. So I'm, you know, if you have a question or you want to just talk about something like hit one of us up usually you know uh, yeah. I, I saw a, a lot of people saying that you know just they want to be there to support people and uh, it's, it's, an, it's important to do that especially in, in times like this so um, yeah we're all about that so uh, I guess we'll sign off DJ True Master Save the Wells yeah uh, Masai signing off uh, Nate signing off and JB oh, JB signed off. Okay. He, he silently our, our guests, signed off you guys off. want to just shout out anyone or you could just you could just say goodbye that's fine I mean uh, shout out to everybody who supported me and listened tonight I don't know if anybody even did but if no, you did I love you <laughs> uh, and yeah I love everybody nice uh, I just want to thank Beat Shot for having yeah. us on and allowing us the, uh, the opportunity to be able to talk well, thank you. about yeah. these And if other people, issues, if yeah. people listening want to thank us, go to BeatShotMusic.com and buy tickets to the Beat Shot Music Festival. <laughs> Shameless I'll plug. I'll be there. <laughs> You'll be there. I'm going to buy the three-day pass. Sweet. Yeah. You will, you, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. I know I will. <laughs> All right. We're signing out. Have a good night, everybody. What did I do? Nothing. Okay. Yeah.